Today is Christmas, Friday, December 25th, and this is episode 24, and we are heading into the midst of week 16, Championship Week, baby, the most important one. This is what we live for. Now, we welcomed you in tonight with a little music from Fish, ACDC Bag, from their New Year's Eve run in 2010 at MSG, Madison Square Garden. I got a lot of news from New York to deal with, and we will get you there with the Huey Lewis news and the notes. I just want to take a moment to let you guys know that uh, we've been working hard at Pyro, and we want you to leave us a review. If we've done something to help you do something to help us, jump on iTunes. We can also be found on Spreaker and Stitcher. That's the Pyro Light Podcast. That's the Pyro Heavy Podcast. Leave us a review. It's a great New Year's resolution. Take three minutes out of your day to help us out. I am Pyromaniac Mo, and of course I can be found at Twitter on Twitter at P-Y-R-O-M-A-N-I-A-C-M-O, and the rest of the crew on Twitter at P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one, A-C. And guys, just in case you are out of your playoffs, fear not, because you've got DraftKings. That is America's favorite place to play daily fantasy sports. That means no season-long commitment. Playing whenever you want. It's like a new season every time you play. So you're never stuck with the same old players that busted you this year and didn't get you to the playoffs. There's over $1 billion will be won on DraftKings.com. And the next big winner could be you. So go to DraftKings right now. Enter the promo code PYRO. That's P-Y-R-O. All new users to DraftKings receive a deposit matching bonus of up to 600 simoleons. And, of course, you get a free $3 game voucher. That's DraftKings.com. Promo code PYRO. And, as I said, uh, the PYRO light and the PYRO heavy, we bring it to you. And I am graced to be here with D-Rex. Merry Christmas, buddy. Merry Christmas, brother. Um... Hope you and your family had a wonderful day, and the kids have uh, wrappings and all the best five toys that they each got jumping over fences in their sleep right now. Uh, it's a pretty good time. I'm sure you're a little bit exhausted. We're here at the end of the night after you probably had been up doing all that stuff, and uh, it's hard not to eat those cookies. You leave them out for Santa. You give Santa some milk, and you're just sitting there for the next four hours while you're wrapping up some gifts. You're not able to touch them. It's got to be tough for a guy like you. Well, like, I'm getting to the point where they're getting cool, like, Lego toys and Star Wars stuff. So, yeah, I want to just dive into their stuff and start playing and, you know, 
to having a little lightsaber fight and a couple of beers. Love it. But yeah, I did the whole thing, left the cookies out, left the uh, carrots for the reindeer, and it reminded me when I was younger how I discovered uh, earmuffs for any children that are listening, although I doubt it. But when I discovered that uh, Santa wasn't real, I asked my dad, I guess. Uh, yeah, it was my dad. Uh, oh, dad, I'm going to leave cookies and milk for Santa. And he says, no, nah, I don't think Santa likes that. I said, what do you mean? I'm pretty sure Santa likes beer and pretzels. <laughs> I said, oh, well, that, that's just what you like, Dad. And, of course, the rest is history. So, <laughs> Valverde. Amen. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, guys, let's just dive into it without further review. Actually, you know, before we do, I got a bit of a trivia question for you, but it kind of goes to um, one of my big takeaways, I think. Now, before the Thursday night game, so through week 15. It was pretty well documented. We had three running backs to go for over 1,000 yards after 15 weeks. AP, Doug Martin, Todd Gurley. After week 15, do you know how many wide receivers had already hit 1,000? Three running backs. How many wide receivers? I'm going to go with six or seven. 13. Oh, my God. 13 wide receivers to hit 1,000 yards after 15 weeks and only three running backs. Oh, my God. Now, looking at rushing TDs, there's only two backs that have double-digit touchdowns. Freeman and Hill both had 10 after week 15. Now, Freeman does have 12 all-purpose. David Johnson and Hill both have 11 all-purpose. So, basically, three backs that have double-digit all-purpose touchdowns. Do you know how many wide receivers have double-digit touchdowns? Three running backs. I'm sticking with my six or seven. Yeah, okay, it's seven. So it's <laughs> double. But it's insane, right? Double the amount of touchdowns and, you know, my math's not great, but four times the amount of wide receivers to go for over 1,000 yards. It's just insane that wide receiver is so highly valued. And if you think about it, they're outperforming running backs, and there's so much more assurance yeah. there. They don't get – knocked around and beat up like the running backs get. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, the, the, I completely agree. From now on, I'm drafting running backs later. Uh, I was oh. looking on the waiver wire the last couple of weeks in my oldest league, and five of the top six running backs that are injured and out for the season, the top scorers, five of them were on my team. Blunt. I had Le'Veon Bell go down. I had Ingram go down. I had Rawls go down. Uh, who's my last guy? He's not as awesome, but he was one of the top scorers, and uh, and he's gone down as well. So it is ridiculous. You just can't rely on that. Whereas I'm taking guys over the dudes that I know are gonna. I feel confident are gonna give me 16 games, and uh, it, it's really tough. And something to think about with that Devonta Freeman aspect of, of the running back touchdown is didn't he have nine or ten of those in the first three games? Yeah. Yeah, it was insane. It was so, insane. He so, has uh, – It's just a fluke. That's just going to bring me to my my, uh, my takeaway a little bit later that we've seen these guys go in bursts, you know, four weeks here, four weeks there. So really some interesting stuff I think we're going to get to in the offseason uh, as we reflect and look back. Not there yet, guys. Still week 16, as I said, the biggest week of the fantasy year. Uh, so let's start with a, a little look back. Now, this was – Christmas Eve, so I, like many dads, were getting the kids down, uh, hearing, you know, put uh, the reindeer on the ceiling or on the roof, uh, getting everything ready. So I wasn't as attentive, but let's just run down the box score here for you. Oakland, they won in overtime 23-20 over the Chargers. Now, quarterback comparison, Carr, 
204 yards, another 30 on the ground. I believe one TD, one INT. Rivers, 27, or I'm sorry, 277 yards, one touchdown. On the ground, Latavius, 19 for 79 yards. He did get a touchdown. The enigma, that is Danny Woodhead, 11 for 55. He caught eight for 53, liking him in PPR. Donald Brown, atrocious, 17 yards on 14 carries. He did get his owner as a rushing touchdown. Uh, also had three for 33 in the pass game. In the air, Crabtree, six for 39 and a TD. Amari, just two for 10 yards. Inman led the way for San Diego, eight catches for 82 yards and a touchdown. Wasn't a stellar night. Of course, it wasn't exactly stellar teams, but uh, what did you think of the, the game last night, sir? It was brutal. This will be the last time I'll talk about one of my teams. I know that gets old for listeners, but I am in rookie leagues and and in the championship in my oldest league that I mentioned before. And I, I Amari Cooper had a great season for me, lit it up for me the previous week, uh, gutted it. I mean, he was not in the game very much. Obviously, when he was in the game, his uh, his his ankle was very. He was just very limited. And it just stinks when you don't really get him. It was all mum about him. It's like, oh, it was great. He's coming off a huge 30-point game. And he basically was probably played, I don't know, 35% of the snaps. Zero points. Oh, tough road. Yeah, that happened to a couple of players uh, this past week, too, where they suited up and really didn't get many snaps. Uh, yeah, that's, that's just the worst. But uh, not a lot of points to be had. I mean, like I said, Oakland – they had four wide receivers in the 30s. That was it. You know, 39 yards was their top wide receiver. Uh, not much to go around here. And uh, not probably a lot of fantasy relevance. You know, Woodhead maybe, but uh, certainly Rivers early on in the season. But, uh, you know, I didn't have any guys playing, nor did my opponent in my uh, high school championship. So I didn't turn my attention too much to it. So as we like to do. One thing I'll say on it. Brown owners that thought they were getting nifty and picked him up this week for yeah. uh, for a, a spot play. Uh, first drive looked remarkable. I mean, everyone that did it is like, I am a genius. He ended up scoring, so you're fine. It, 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 it validates the move regardless. But that first drive, it looked as though he was going to score 35 points and you were going to win your uh, championship because you picked him up and you played that ballsy call. Uh, he didn't do anything for the rest of the game after that first drive. Yeah, you know, serviceable PPR, roughly 13, 14 points. Uh, certainly that touchdown saved his owners. But, yeah, he was definitely on a lot of people's waiver wire slot, waiver wire cue board, uh, depending on who was available. But he was one of the guys a lot of folks were talking about. For sure. Now, this is, like I said, the biggest week in fantasy. So we're going to run down the Huey Lewis and the news notes now not only is pyro here for you people we are giving you the guys that are questionable the guys that are out i'm also throwing in there the guys that are still playing for something those on teams with playoff hopes and those that are out of it because not that that's going to be a huge deciding factor but if you are down to two guys and you just can't decide and one guy's on a playoff bound team or fighting for the playoffs and one guy's out of it 
boy, I would sure lean on the guy that has the want and the desire and the motivation to play versus the guy that's already looking at Cancun and Vegas flights. Uh, so we're going to give all of that to you. You guys go out and enjoy life. We at Pyromaniac love this stuff. As as you can tell, D-Rex and I, it's Christmas, and here we are, baby. I'm gonna so let, let's get it going. I'm going to let you know, though, I am on Southwest now that they fly down to the tropics. I am on Southwest booking a flight. And when I'm when I'm not talking right now, just know that I'm trying to I'm deal I'm finding a gotta get away deal. <laughs> now, 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 Arizona. This team, you know these veterans, they want the win so they can secure the first round by and get some well needed rest. David Johnson. Woo-hoo. He was uh, one of my calls last week. He was my running back uh, DraftKings call, I believe. We all know the amazing numbers. But just in the last three games, one number stat that may have slipped uh, under the radar, 201 yards after contact. The next closest guy, 121. So David Johnson is just a beast, man, falling forward, bowling over people. Uh, I said last week his points per touch was 1.14, I believe. And I said it was incredibly high. I said it was bound to go down. Well, guys, it went up. He is averaging 1.44 fantasy points every time the cat touches the ball. That is an insane number. Uh, Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, he is out. Uh, This could boost a guy like James Jones. He has the best matchup, as it is likely that Peterson is going to be lining up uh, on Matthews, or uh, Peterson probably lighting up on Adams. Uh, James Jones will probably get the best matchup with Gerard Powers. Palmer, he is questionable. Uh, finger issue, but, you know, he, he had that last week, came out, rubbed some dirt on it, he came back in. Even though the questionable tag, I think he's going to be fine. Andre Ellington, limited in Thursday's practice, technically questionable, but to me, there's no rush to get him back. David Johnson's just doing fine. I wouldn't sweat Ellington, Atlanta. Amazingly, I don't know if they met the devil on a crossroads at midnight, but they still actually have a chance to make the playoffs. Uh, Not only do they have to win out, but they need some breaks along the way. So I don't know about uh, playing too many of those guys, but uh, Tevin Coleman, he's out. Devin Hester, questionable. Baltimore. You got to let them know know why uh, Tevin Coleman's out. Did you read that story? I did not. So this morning, he slipped in the shower and concussed himself. Really? Yes. You know, I always see these crazy reports about how these guys get injured, and I wonder if that's like a cover story. Or probably. Really? Probably. I mean, he probably got his ass whooped at a nightclub, but uh, that sounds like one of those my dog ate it moments. But maybe it's just so crazy that how could you make that excuse be your excuse? But some funny stuff on Twitter today. There's that great gift that was going around a week ago before this came out where there's a shower thing with, with these hold grips. And these feet grips that you put in the shower for having sex. Having sex with your girl in the shower. It's like grips on the shower walls. And uh, they're saying saying that we got to get those to Tevin Coleman just for him while he's showering. (laughs) Yeah. It's all ball bearings these days. It's all ball bearings these days. (laughs) Baltimore. Um, Though they are out of playoff contention, uh, they're likely still going to play with a bit of conviction and determination in Week 16 as they draw their bitter rivals Pittsburgh Steelers, 
Uh, what do you think about Baltimore, D-Rex? Any, any thoughts on uh, the Ravens? Well, I think there's only one thought. Uh, you've got the coach talking about how he thinks that Mallet might be ready. I don't know what's going to happen there, if, if it's still going to be Clawson or Mallet. But there's really only one guy to play, I think, um, happily in this big game, and that's Kamar Aiken. And uh, the guy's pretty much uh, – he, he's slowly merging into wide receiver one zone just with what he's been up to. Uh, just a total stud all around. Uh, last week he had, you know, 12 targets, eight catches, 128 yards, and a, a nice touchdown. And you're going. Yeah, but a lot of that was the the hail mary, right? Absolutely, absolutely. But he's getting the targets, and that's still yeah, eight catches. I I, yeah. I I hear that, but still, when you're getting that volume, the the the, the freak play is just dressing there uh, on top. It's the it's the frosting on the cake. And the matchup this week is beautiful. He's going up against the Steelers. They're going to have to be passing because they don't have a run game. They're going to have to score to keep up with this. Clawson, I hope it's him playing. I figure it is. Uh, he looks like he can win, he can wing it. He's actually having some nice fantasy uh, games himself. Uh, you can't play him, obviously. But Kamar Aiken, I mean, you just got to gotta play him against that Steelers defense. They're the second worst against wide receivers of any defense for fantasy points. Um and you got, uh, you know, last time he played him, he had a nice game as well. He had a touchdown in week four when he played the Steelers. Uh, five receptions and 77 yards. And that was before he was the man. That was when you still had Stevie Smith around. Now he's literally, you know, he's king shit over there. So I like Kamar Aiken. If you've got him, I think you can be very happy playing him as a wide receiver too. If he's in there for you at flex or you got three wide receivers, great, great play. Um, who would have thunk? So that guy's going to be... He's going to be going earlier than people think, especially without knowing what's going to happen with Steve Smith. Uh, he's going to be a, a good guy to keep an eye on up in the offseason. But I think he can bring yeah. you points this week in the championship. Also, uh, other guys in the offseason, you know, keep in mind, Buck Allen, you know, it's arguably a disappointing season. Now, if you're just playing standard, only two rushing touchdowns, never a 70-yard rushing day, uh, only one real big receiving day. Now, if you're playing PPR – He's doing well, yet in the last five weeks, he is the number five PPR back. So he's another one of those guys I'm going to mention later. He, he, you know, first, what, 11 weeks? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Then this first here. So with running backs, you get these pockets, man. Uh, it could be the year of trading high next year is what I'm going to be talking about. Uh, another thing might have gone under the radar. I was the one that brought you Charkandrick West when he was backing up. Uh, he slid under Niall Davis uh, before anyone knew it. Uh, just throwing it out there, Terrence West, he's resurfaced, he's backing him up, and since his return four weeks ago, he's averaging a respectable 4.4 yards per carry, a very small sample size. Uh, wrapping up Baltimore, Crockett Gilmore, of course, headed to IR, Marlon Brown is questionable. Buffalo uh, could suffer some motivational issues as the Bills are eliminated from playoff contention. Woods went to IR. McCoy is out. Got injured last week. That caused a lot of conversation about Carlos Williams or Gillisley. Carlos Williams got in three limited practices this week. His status just went to probable, according to RotoWire. It's been upgraded. Um, there's a question as if it's to it's gonna who's it gonna be? Gillisley, Williams. You know, to me, if people have a short memory, Williams, the kid scored. A touchdown in his first six games. In fact, he had seven touchdowns in his first six games. So to me, he has the explosion factor. The big question is just how healthy is he? As I said, uh, he's gotten in limited practices. I sure wanted to see a uh, 
full practice, so might want to check some notes Saturday morning, but I'm rolling with them. I think uh, Williams has the explosion factor. Last bit there, Charles Clay, he has just been ruled out versus the Cowboys. Carolina, what do you think about this team? They are a hot topic, uh, going undefeated. What do, you, what do you think about Carolina and Cammy No Stacks? I think they're going to win this game. And I think when you see the run that, that Cam's on, I know everyone's still going gaga about Russell Wilson. Uh, I have him on my bench in this championship uh, league that I've got Cam in, and Cam has been just too good. We almost played Russell last week, which would have been all right, but Cam just goes off, and uh, you just got to tip your money on in, in, in going with him. He's the kind of guy that you're talking about in three to five years about how he was the cornerstone of your championship team. It happens every, you know, five-ish years. A quarterback just gets disgusting on the league. And this year is, is Cam's year. It looked like it was going to be Tom's Brady year, uh, Brady's year early on in the season, the way he was destroying things. But that has changed, and he's cooled off a bit since the injuries hit him. Cammy's great. Uh, Ted Ginn Jr., I mean, God, it's ridiculous. You were still able to pick that guy up in leagues literally a week yeah. or two ago. Uh, look what he's been doing. He's he's now a top 15 receiver uh, after his last four games where he's got seven touchdowns. A lot of them are long. He's probably dropped about seven uh, touchdowns in that span <laughs> yep. as well. Yep. So if he had caught all those, well, well he would literally be a top three uh, wideout right now. And you're playing against the Falcons, who why would you be scared? The Carolina's not. You've got Riverboat Ron that wants to go for the jugular. He wants. He was on the. He was on that Bears team. That was uh, looking like they were could go undefeated on the season. He knows how big of a deal it is. Yeah, he's sticking. He's sticking his his heel on the neck of anyone. It doesn't matter if it's the lowly Atlanta Falcons. So you gotta yeah. love Ginn Jr. He had his best game against the Falcons two weeks ago, uh, where he had two touchdowns and 120 yards uh, as well. And last week he had 14 targets, uh, six, 85 yards, two touchdowns, and six catches. So. Um, it's it's a good time for Ted Ginn owners. Yeah, and I'm going to check again uh, because I thought he struggled with Atlanta uh, last time he, he faced them. Now, as I'm looking it up, um, I know that Carolina, they need this win. This is a big one for them. They, they can wrap up, um, I believe, home field and a bye if they get it. So they're certainly going to be playing big for this one. Uh, Ted Ginn, I thought, I believed he did, oh, look at that, you're right, he did do well against Atlanta, uh, 120 yards, two touchdowns, like you said, uh, only two receptions, but that's another one that he just, <laughs> unbelievable, two catches, 120 yards, two TDs, that is an incredible stat line, but the thing is, is that sustainable, can he do that continuously, Where else? not a lot of, where else are they gonna there. go? I, I agree, but where? I mean, that's why I liked last week. Last week he had 14 targets. Um, it just shows you yeah. Cam is not is not scared of him to drop in the ball. He's got his faith in him, and the guy just stretches it. He's stretching the defense. Cam's on the can get free and, and buy time, and he can just he can huck the ball off his back heel like few guys can. Uh, and Ginn Jr. is just an explosive deep kind of threat. So if you're um, High-scoring, long-touchdown leagues, uh, this guy's just off the charts. So, you know, are you going into the week like, oh, it's, it's boom or bust? 
But right now, it's everything's trending towards Ginn Jr. is the number one or number two receiver on that team, and I think their number one guy is, is probably Olsen, and Olsen's about as good as it gets. One of the best targets and receivers, yeah. wide receiver or tight end in the league this year. He's just a he's a man. He's a guy you can pay up for, I think, safely in DFS. Uh, running back staying away from I am uh, Jay Stu. He's out. It's just a mess of a community there. Uh, moving to Chicago. Uh, no additional playoff incentive found there. Alshon banged up. Had to leave the game last week. Currently doubtful. Bears uh, wide receiver number two on the depth chart, Eddie Royal, also questionable. Cincinnati, they can clinch the AFC North and a first round by if they win in week 16. A.J. Green, he got banged up week 15, so something to keep an eye on, but should be okay. Eifert, although uh, he was actually on the practice field, did not practice on Wednesday. Team actually came out with an estimated report for today, although they did not practice. It's crazy. I've seen a lot of teams do that on Christmas. No practice, but they came out with an ex estimated report. It was estimated that Eifert would have been a non-participant. So it's looking bleak. Now, this is a Monday night game. Owners, you're going to have to make some decisions. The handcuff would be Tyler Croft, or you got to have a Denver tight end ready to go if, indeed, you want to gamble on Eifert and they pull the plug on him. Dalton, of course, out for Week 16, considered week-to-week -week with his broken thumb. Cleveland, very low motivation. Um... Out of the hunt, totally. Uh, I heard you guys talking about Josh Gordon on the Pyro Heavy, you know, dynasty alert, if you ask me. There's all these reports about his prep. I uh, did a recent interview highlighted on 24-7 Sports saying, I'm done, referencing partying, and I just want to play football. The guy has 35 games, 161 receptions, 2,754 yards, even another 88 rushing and 14 TDs eligible to return to the Browns in just a few months. Grab him if he's out there in dynasty. If you ask me what the heck you got to lose Duke Johnson, uh, no practice Wednesday, limited Thursday, currently questionable. Petten says he expects him to go on Sunday. Glenn Winston is indeed their third string back. And so if DJ can't go, he could get some, uh, he may not be able to go. So that would leave Daryl Richardson in the mix. Daryl Richardson resurfaces. So if uh, indeed DJ can't go and Winston is out, we're going to see a little Daryl Richardson. Moving down to Dallas. Uh, what do you think about Jerry's team? Ugh, I mean, it's, it's, it's scary, but I'm still rolling the dice on Dez. I think that with uh, – with that new, uh, what's the quarterback's name now? I'm spacing his name. That little lefty guy they, they're playing from Boise. Uh, oh. Uh, sorry. Oh, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. He's locking in on Dez. Uh, I think I like what's-his-name for the same reason, um, Witten. Um, I think you can you can definitely count on, I think you can count on Dez getting a lot of targets and a lot of uh, getting focused uh, on from Kellen Moore in this in this game. Uh, Des indeed doubtful uh, for Sunday's game. Bryant was unable to practice at all this week due to his leg injuries. Um, and we, we're going to have to see what's going to happen. Uh, Des, you know, he's been, been struggling uh, last week. He did get the touchdown, 50 yards. But uh, keep your eyes peeled uh, to see what the Des situation is. In Denver, they're fighting for a first-round bye, so you know they're playing. Osweiler, 
He is officially probable. Manning officially doubtful. Uh, Manning suffered a setback in practice a little while ago. Now, according to DenverBroncos.com, Osweiler is to remain the starter while Manning focuses on rehab. This came out uh, on the 23rd, so it certainly does not look like they are opening doors for Manning. Um, certainly, when playoff comes around, we'll, we'll see. I think that depends on Osweiler's performance, but it's going to be Osweiler in 16. Detroit, they are eliminated from the playoffs, but uh, great defensive play this week. You know, as we've seen in week in, week out, Calvin Johnson, his name's always on the injury report. He's officially questionable, but should be able to go. Green Bay, now this is a tricky one. The NFC North will likely come down to a week 17 showdown with Minnesota. So let's say Arizona is up big on Green Bay. I could see them resting guys for a week 17 showdown because that's really what they need. Uh, so a bit of a scary play on Green Bay. James Jones last week had one TD or uh, had one TD versus Oakland. Should have had a, a couple. He had one waved off. Uh, Packers.com just moved Eddie Lacy's status from questionable to probable, but he's a guy that you owners have to have a very hard time trusting. Houston highly motivated to get to the playoffs. They're going to be playing tough. Uh, Keem Hunt, just a name to throw out there for Dynasty Leagues. He's the number two back in Houston. Um, the RB situation is tentative, I would say, at best, even with Foster, Arian Foster returning. Uh, Hoyer listed as questionable with a concussion and an ankle uh, appearing on the practice report. Speculation is that he will again miss with uh, Whedon, their third-string quarterback, to go. Whedon finished last week going 11 for 18 for 105 yards and a touchdown. Now, TJ Yates, who was in there before, that's why Whedon was the number three, TJ Yates tore his ACL last week. He's done for the season. Yates was just 6 for 10 and an INT. So if you add it all up, the Yates passes and the Weed passes, there were 17. So I know Hopkins owners are nervous. 17 total completed passes. Hopkins got eight. So regardless of who's tossing it, I still think Hopkins is a safe play. Certainly not going to put up as many numbers with Hoyer, but he's still a safe play, especially PPR. Uh, Cecil Shorts officially ruled out for week 16. Indy. Yes, sir. Want to know who's the safe play? Val Verde. Yes, indeedy. Uh, Indy still have a shot, believe it or not. They need to win out and get a little help. Luck not making his return. Uh, for redraft fantasy purposes, much like Luca Brazzi, he sleeps with the fishes. Luck's fantasy year is dead. Now, Moncrief. Listed as questionable. He did get some participation in practice this week. Uh, last week he did not, and he played. So it's looking good he's going to suit up. Gore, this is an interesting one, and I'm debating if I have to play him or not or if I uh, go to my bench and, and do a, a Carlos Williams or uh, maybe even a Denard. But Gore, do you know this is his first game back in Miami since he went to college there? Oh, I didn't know that. When he was on San Fran, he played him but only played him in San Francisco. So maybe you got a bit of a reunion homecoming narrative there with Gore going back to Miami for the first time. Could be a little bit of incentive. And it's a terrible defense. Miami defense and PPR, they are tied for the fourth easiest. Standard, 
second easy. That's Frank Gore, baby. Could be sneaky play this week. But with McCoy, McCoy out and Carlos Williams, who practiced in the last three days, I like I like the Williams. So for my league, you like Williams? I don't over I don't Gore? know. I'm I'm just gonna say Williams or something. I think I think there's something about the potential of that guy having a nice week. Yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be Williams and probably Denard. That's what I'm thinking I'm going to go with. Although Gore just keeps kind of calling in my ear that this is the pinnacle of his career. He's you know going to hang it up in a few years. His first time back in Miami. Soft, soft Miami D that got tore up last week. Could be. Something I'm going to toss and turn over and hopefully will not be crying in the shower uh, the following day. You sound like a, a gore whore, which is nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. We just hope you're not just crying in the shower like the scene out of the crying game. And also reiterated once in Ace Ventura. <laughs> Do not want to find that kind of surprise in my life. Thank Mr. you. Mr. Kadish. Finkel and Einhorn. Einhorn and Finkel. Good. <laughs> That would uh, open up far more than shower cries. I'd be in th- intensive therapy for a long time. In fact, on the pyro, we should just give mediocre therapy advice for free. You've got you finding your dead dog six years later in a, in a crawl space. We've got clowns in closets. Uh, the, the crying game, it's just a psychological mess. People seem to like my Jurgen story from a few years ago too. Uh, oh, I got I got the Jurgens, baby. Yeah, good good yeah. good stuff. I, I actually I read a review that somebody did go. I don't have it in front of me, but someone did go to iTunes and wrote us a nice, awesome review and and a write up and gave us five stars. And it's funny, the guy wrote an awesome like it's the longest one we've had yet. And he brought up at the very end, he's like, and if stories about D Rex's dog stuffed dog Brewster are too much for you then I understand (laughs) (laughs) perfect perfect yeah I had a lot of I saw some even second opinions uh this past week on the dog story so uh it's good to know we've got a community where we can cry reach out cry on their shoulder a little bit that's good Jacksonville the Jags have an outside chance to make the playoffs. T.J. Yeldon listed day-to-day. Uh, he just got downgraded from questionable. He is officially listed as doubtful on the site. Uh, did not practice Thursday. Looks like a long shot to me. Hugh Shoelace. A little banged up last week. He's good to go. Listed as probable. He's just going to get a lot of looks. You know, with a guy like a, a William. There's so many question marks out there. Brown, Bryce Brown, uh, C. Mike. Williams, Gillisley, with with Denard, I think he's the safest bet for the most touches out of a lot of those guys. Uh, any other thoughts on Jacksonville or Denard? Yeah, I think the game last Portal. week uh, didn't suit Denard all that all that greatly. Um, no. He had some dump offs, you know, when they were on their uh, the opponent's side of the field, but couldn't really bust anything. So I like him being able to take take something uh, far, but I like Julius Thomas the most. Obviously, you're playing against the New Orleans Saints, who are the best to play any tight end against, and that's who they're playing. That's who uh, they're playing Jacksonville against the Saints, so Julius Thomas is looking pretty good. Uh, he's getting more balls, getting more targets, and he's going against the easiest opponent, so get him in there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about him coming up. Moving over to KC. 
still possible to win the division with some help from Denver. Another running back uh, quagmire there. Spencer Ware suited up last week, but gave his owners the dreaded head fake to nary a handcuff. This is one of those ones that you just hate as an owner. This week, Coach Reed said he was optimistic about uh, Ware handling some carries. That does not sound like a glowing report to me for reading in between the lines. Situation makes playing Ware super risky, but it also detracts from West. Uh, Ware is officially probable and just a headache. You certainly have more confidence, confidence in West, uh, uh, but it's not ideal. Miami, they are eliminated from the playoffs. Listed, um, listed as limited in Friday's practice report. Uh, Matthews as not played since week 12. I'm sorry. So um, Richard Matthews has not played since week 12, and uh, he has been listed in the practice reports, but he will not go either. And Miami, they are out looking sorry. Uh, any thoughts on the Dolphins? A little bit. I mean, you kind of want to play a Lamar Miller. I'll keep this simple, but he's he dudded on you. And what you thought he he thought everyone thought he was going off last week and going to be a big component for your for your playoff hopes and uh, he really shit the bed against the Chargers so uh, you like him in this matchup but you're nervous. Well, in the coaching staff, I don't get it. They keep getting fired for not using Lamar, and then new guys come in and what do they do? Don't use Lamar. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. And sometimes, man, he's got some great yards per carry. He, he's moving it. They're just not giving him the ball. A lot of times, though, games get out of hand with Miami. Game scripts can dictate that. Um, uh, we shall see this weekend, but he's he's a great back. It's just, will he get the usage? Yep. Minnesota, although, although they will likely be guaranteed a spot regardless of the outcome. If they do win this week and Green Bay loses, they'd be tied with 10 wins. Each and a showdown next week for the Norse division so they're certainly playing with a lot of heart ap owners uh were given a scare last week as he left for a bit he's looking like he's fine new england the pats could clinch a number Just one so you seed know, in the sorry, afc sorry to interrupt you but yeah ap gave his owners a scare because when he went out after he was actually having a good game the teams that he was on didn't make the finals <laughs> mine being one mine being one of them <laughs> who's so, who's so, was that so yeah owners, Owners are owners are, are are bummed out when he went down last week. They're probably out. <laughs> I tell you, my my the scare for me last week was I dropped. Uh, you know, I was on the rush to grab Denard, and I even grabbed Bryce, Bryce Brown as insurance. I didn't play him. Oh, maybe I did. But uh, I wanted to get Denard. Wanted to get some backup. Dropped freaking Danny Woodhead. The guy I'm playing picked him up and started Danny Woodhead. No way. He did. That's unbelievable. Danny. Danny Woodhead scored more points last week than he has in his previous six games. Oh, my God. I can't believe that happened to you. That is just cruel and mean. I, However, I, I did the same thing with that you did, and I got Denard. I got Bolden. I got yep. Bryce. I, I, yep, I, I've yep. got all these guys. Not even thinking. It wasn't even an option that Woodhead was on the table. Four friggin' touchdowns just oh, shows would, you how it works. Who would, I don't even understand how this guy picked him up and started him. Who is this kid? You were la you laughed at it. The Lord above. This, the Lord above I know. saw you laugh, and he's like, hmm. Every, Honestly, and you weren't alone. A ton of people laughed. He's like, guess what? All these people that are laughing at their computers today are about to get it up the butt. I was patting myself on the back. I thought I was so freaking clever. Like, I dropped 
a big name guy, and I, I thought I had him hook, line, and sinker. Like, oh, this guy doesn't know. Danny Nunez has been crap. They've only scored, I think there was, what, three out of four games. They didn't even score a touchdown. Three out of their four games before week 15. San Diego didn't even score a touchdown. The last time, a field goal. The last time they had a rushing the last time they had a rushing touchdown was I think week one by Danny Woodhead. Yeah. Yeah. Now here's my silver lining though. Uh on the podcast last week I faded Kelsey in my stream pickup was Watson. I indeed benched Kelsey, picked up Watson. If I would have started Kelsey, I would have lost, but I won by like a two points or something. A point. Nice. So you beat that guy that put Woodhead against you. That's huge. If you didn't I did. If you didn't, we probably wouldn't be doing the show right now. You'd be like you, I, I can't yeah. do it. You're you're doing it alone this week, D Rex. I'd be just throwing darts or drawing like a million circles on a paper. Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead. Danny. Danny Woodhead. I would have gone over the edge. Like Samuel Taylor Coleridge, there's no return from the darkness. Uh, we discussed uh, Minnesota, so let's look at New England a little bit. Uh, we said the Patriots could Patriots could clinch number one seed. Uh, last week, I used Leonard Hangerson as my crystal ball player, a guy who might have some fantasy future, perhaps, maybe even uh, some dynasty, perhaps. Could even be more so- uh, sooner than that. Now, some other news. Steven Jackson, currently number three on the running back depth chart. Uh, he was signed on the 21st though I don't think it's any relevancy right now. Edelman, downgraded to doubtful. More than likely, he's not going to play. Amendola, questionable. LaFell, questionable. That kind of makes Leonard Hankerson someone on the radar. If indeed I think he's out. Amendola, Am- if Amendola is out, I think Hankerson could be a decent little play. I, I just got something today that said Hankerson was out today. Hankerson out? Yeah, he's not playing. Uh, Hank, Leonard Hankerson, oh, that's from a while ago. Let me see. Pretty sure he's out. And the reason why I know that is because when we have, um, it's weird. When we have. According to RotoWire, there's no, he's not on the, on the report at all. It's weird because Fantasy Pros sends me an email when they have a guy out and we still have him in our rankings. And they sent an email to us. I'll, I'll find it right here. Expert platform. Issue with your week 16 rankings. Leonard Hankerson, uh, New England wide receiver, is out. And we had him ranked at 58. So I don't know if they know something that isn't out there. But when I saw that, I was like, okay. And then I forwarded it to Dogmatica. And <laughs> they tell you well, they tell you not to have guys that are out. So I don't know. According to Rotowire, there is no designation on him. He is certainly one we'll keep an eye on, and I will even tweet out uh, that cool. for sure about Hankerson because, like I said, they've got uh, a doubtful. Their number one wide receiver is doubtful. Number two and three, both questionable, which could make some latter wide receivers interesting. And if Hankerson is in there, he could be one of those interesting plays. Chandler is listed as questionable. Is, is Saints, Martin playing? Keyshawn Martin? Um, I believe he's – I mean, he's in the, the lineup. He's the fourth wide receiver on the depth chart. Hankerson is the fifth. And like I said, the top three have significant issues. Yeah, okay. So now with Keyshawn Martin, though, um, I mean, he never really put up much. He's getting a lot of snaps. Now 50, 55, 86, 61 uh, in the last four games. Uh, Target-wise, in the last – 
three games. He's got 16 targets, so possibly not a bad play. He's never eclipsed 50 yards yet this season, only has two receiving touchdowns. Um, moving on to New Orleans, they are out of playoff contention. Most <laughs> here's the the kicker. Why ev when you said you know start your tight end against New Orleans, you can just start anybody against New Orleans. I don't care what it is. Did you know? In NFL history, the most passing touchdowns ever allowed by a defense was 40 by the Denver Broncos in 1963. The Saints, after 15 weeks, 14 games, are currently at 39. So they've got two more weeks. They are easily going to have that unsavory NFL record of most passing touchdowns allowed. And that's why um, I've got a few DraftKings plays targeting this game um watson is currently questionable i think he'll be fine he was my my golden boy from last week colston also questionable breeze now here's my kicker with breeze if it's if breeze is in i think it's going to be a shootout uh, i love plays up and down the board on both sides particularly a stack on the other side that i'm going to talk about but he's in a walking boot listed as questionable dealing with the now i've heard torn plantar fascia but I've also heard two separate reports. I've also seen fully torn. And the deal is if it's partially torn, you can do more damage. And if that's the case, they're not going to want to play him. If it's completely torn and no further damage can be done, then likely he will play. So that's huge. Uh, according to Ian Rappaport, he is in, quote, horrible, miserable pain. As I said, if there's guaranteed no further damage, I think he's in. I think it's fantasy goo for all. If he's out, I'm pulling back on my gas and, and not, I'm diversifying a little bit more because I've got a lot of uh, guys going in DraftKings on both sides of that ball. Vegas isn't even calling that one as an over-under. Hmm. They, they, it's off because it's just too unpredictable, I think, with, with Breeze. And this has shootout written all over it. Think of the shootouts New Orleans have been. They are always in one of the highest over-unders. And Jacksonville has been putting up points a few weeks ago. They almost beat the spread or they almost beat the over-under themselves alone. The over-under <laughs> was 42, and they scored, I think, 39. Wow. So this has shootout potential all over it. I love it if Breeze is in. Fantasy goodness for all aboard. Quick question. Now, Hightower, do you like him better with Breeze in or out? Boy. Uh, now, Hightower, I might like better if he if Breeze is out, honestly. Me too. I'm playing him regardless, but in all honesty, I'm sitting there. I'd like, I would almost like Breeze to start the game, and then just realize he can't go, and then it's just a high tower show. Maybe get a touchdown or two to give him a little bit of uh, some scoring. But I, I, I don't know. It's high towers going in a championship, and uh, I think for a lot of people, picked him up and you're playing him because maybe you're playing him because Ingram went down for your team and he did well. But yeah, well, I, 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 it's going to be interesting. Even with Breeze in, I think everybody's going to – he could have good one, uh, good game, but that's one of the few guys I think that would actually take advantage of a Breezeless Saints, where most everybody else I think it detracts from. Uh, so keep an, we'll keep an eye posted on that. As always, Pyromaniac Mo, I'm going to tweet out this stuff. You Pyro Pro – uh, folks out there don't have to worry about this. Valverde and I got you covered with the news feeds, of course. The Jets fighting for their playoff lives again. 
I think that stuff's important if you're if it's down between a guy or two. If I'm picking a guy on a team that's fighting for the playoffs, you know he's got incentive. You know he's going to give it his best. So I'm keeping my ears posted for stuff like that. Jets fighting for their playoffs lives. Big question with Ivory. Is he slowing down? Last week versus Dallas, they held him a couple times. One, it was a third and short. One was a fourth and short. Powell. Bilal Powell. That's where all the focus is going. He's been a waiver wire darling. I'm liking him this week. I picked him up. Uh, last two weeks, only three running backs have more targets than Powell. Only one less touch than Ivory last week. So Powell could be a really nice play starting to eclipse him. Marshall, nine career games versus the Jets. Just three touchdowns. Or, I'm sorry, nine career games versus the Patriots. Just three career touchdowns. Averaging five catches per. Averaging only 75 yards per. Now, he's going to have a tough one. Uh, it's looking like Logan Ryan is probably going to, um, according to PFF, follow him. But even Malcolm Butler, both of them, formidable cornerbacks, could be an uphill battle for Marshall and possibly even Decker. Uh, certainly Marshall with the history and the, the cornerback caliber of the Patriots. Devin Smith, not a bad play in Dynasty. Uh, doubtful that they keep both Marshall and Decker, uh, but Devin Smith could be a guy down the road. Plus, if they do keep Marshall and Decker, you got a two-for-one handcuff there for Dynasty. New York Giants, all kinds of talk here. They will likely know um, their fate in the playoffs prior to kickoff. If Washington loses, then they are out. If not, they've got a decent shot. Dwayne Harris, listed as questionable. Talk about him later. He's a great play. O.D. Bag, as uh, one of our pyro brethren mentioned earlier. I believe that was... Uh, no, no, it was, no, it was Kania. That was Kania. Yeah, I was going to say Kania, yeah. Uh, O.D. bag. That's yeah, what inspired yeah. me to go with the uh, ACDC bag to start off the show. Yeah. <sighs> Boy, he's out, and there's a big vacuum to fill. We'll, we'll get to that. Oakland eliminated from the playoffs, but Charles Woodson, man, um, you know, announced the retirement. Uh, only player in NFL history with 50-plus interceptions and 20-plus sacks. Good for you. Clive Walford, he's an interesting dynasty grab. Uh, David T. Thomas, special. He loved him. So Clive Walford, uh, if you're a dynasty guy. Wrapping it up here, Philly motivated to play as they still are in the hunt for the playoffs, as is Pittsburgh. They're in prime condition for a playoff run. Seattle, Seattle Seahawks, they're certainly motivated. They're jockeying for position, right? I mean, who doesn't want to play the NFC champ, huh? And running back situation, gosh, see Mike, he received seven more carries than Brown did. But you also had Coleman, who actually started the game. So it is just a quagmire there. Uh, any thoughts on the Seattle situation? Uh, I think you're really playing with fool's gold. Yeah, uh, I'd say go, hands off. Going with anyone. Christian Michael's probably the only guy that people are really going to be playing. Maybe people in super deep leagues or just without a good team crawling into the finals uh, would maybe play a Bryce Brown, but I think that's going to blow up in your face. I think stay away if you can. Um, if not, Christine Michael, you're just hoping that Carroll's trying to add an element to scare defenses heading into the playoffs and, and try and pretend that they actually have a running game that they're going to try and use in the postseason when really what we know is it's going to be Russell continuing to do what Russell's been doing for the second half of the season. Yeah, I, I hear you. And I think they're going to you know, use both backs, and whoever gets hot, they're going to play the hot hand. 
how are owners supposed to know? Uh, uh, not in the backfield, because that's just a mess. But wide receivers, boy, they are tasty. Now, Lockett, he's been a huge pickup lately. Uh, I still like him going forward. Uh, even in DFS plays, boy, if you can play a Seattle defense and lock it on wide receiver and he gets like a return kick, that is double your money right there. Uh, Baldwin, he's listed as questionable with a hamstring. This is a late afternoon game, so owners, you know, plug Baldwin into your flex spot, giving you some flexibility to start a, a late starting wide receiver or running back if you need. Um, obviously, you need somebody there just in case uh, hamstring issues can be can be tricky and keep your eyes posted to twitter i will update you on baldwin for sure as this week continues uh San maybe Francisco. maybe just to start interrupt you but uh curse is probably available in a lot of leagues if you have baldwin and oh, yeah. you're scared of of him not playing uh pick up curse and you can slot him in if baldwin doesn't fit i've got to think curse is going to have a nice uptick in targets and uh Hurst is a good player. He just, for some reason, he just doesn't get many opportunities. Uh, so it's a it's an approach to take if you if you've got Baldwin and Kirst like available. It. Yeah, and Kirst should be available. Uh, he's available in well over seventy five percent, I believe. San Francisco eliminated from playoffs, and get this, Juan Harris who was the Seattle running back who had the most carries, I believe, week 14, cut right after that. He is now in San Francisco and could possibly play. Sean Drone is out. So that leaves Kendall Gaskins and Dewan Harris, and that's it. One what what were you talking about running backs earlier? <laughs> these, it's, I, no kidding, think, right? Think about all these names. You can pick up. So many players at running back throughout a season. You can draft from the 12th pick if you've got – I mean, I don't know. I A lot of my leagues, we go to like 20, 24 rounds with drafting. But just grab and stock up on these second and third guys. I mean, it's crazy. Even even last offseason, I was going nuts about um, – you mentioned his name earlier on the show uh, – uh, Niall Davis, back up yep. to Jamal Charles. I was – Drafting him late in rounds, thinking, oh, I just think if Charles goes down, I'm a genius. I was so psyched. And then he doesn't, like you said, another guy squeezes by him. The position is, it's a, it's a parody of itself. It's a moving, revolving door. It's incestuous at this point because guys are just picking up. Once somebody's dropped at this point, everyone's picking them up right away, giving them some good money, signing them to their practice squad. Uh, it, it, it's nuts. Well, if you look at the top 24 running backs, some of them have not been active for quite some time because they just blew up early and then not much since, and then they got injured. And there's a lot of them who you would never think belong there. So there's guys like Gore, who is currently 15. I talked about him last week, gave a Valverde trivia. He was 13 at the time. So Gore has not had a good season. However, he's steady. He's played in all the games, and only that is why he is 15th. Then you got other guys, James Starks, who popped for a little while. Uh, Theo Riddick is there. Duke Johnson is there, popped for a little while. Gurley popped for a little while. It is insane, the running back position, so why go early in your draft? And you got a guy like Ingram, who even last year in a lot of drafts wasn't going until the 8th or 8th, probably between 7 through 11th round in most leagues. Uh, maybe a little bit earlier uh, uh, when you're in a 12-man, 14-man league, definitely a little earlier. 
But he showed up, but he showed up in that same way you're talking about. He never really popped. He was that slow and steady guy where in one league I'm in, he actually didn't have that great of numbers uh, just because of the way the scoring is. And then in a, in a complete standard format, the guy's top five before he got injured. And it's just funny. Know your league. Know how your rules work when you're comparing a guy like a Gore, like an Ingram, and some of these more plotters. that are they're, You're really just trying to get – it's almost more like Kelsey uh, at the – tight end position you're really just trying to get like eight points a week from them and over the course of the season they're there amongst the top guys i don't like that type of team maybe one guy i want to have that just can be my slow and steady but in all honesty i go early on a kicker and that guy is scott stankowski (laughs) i I mean everyone everyone hates drafting kicker and defense early screw that I'm always the first guy to draft gostinkowski every week i know that guy's scoring me 12 to 15 points it's a no-brainer yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, retrospective look this year, and I certainly think it's going to affect the way I draft and a lot of people coming up. Moving back on, we've got to wrap up the news and notes, let you know who you need to keep an eye out just in case they are questionable or out. Also letting you know the motivation for this week and some other tidbits. St. Louis, the Rams, they're going to be playing with one eye on their calendar, if you ask me. They're scheduling vacations. There's no playoff shots there for the Rams. Tampa Bay, they too. Can I can I can I counter that in one way? Yeah, I kind of disagree only for one reason. This is a, a Fisher uh, coach team, and the defense and Fisher even came and they said, uh, I, I heard I was watching this before their Thursday night game where he said it was um, the guy uh, from Mid- Ohio State. I always screw his name, Laronitis. Um, he was saying that the coaching staff challenged the team to win the last five games, and they're do- they're playing pretty well. And it's the kind of thing that always happens with a Fisher-led team. They finish really strong. Same thing would always happen with Lovey Smith. There's certain coaches that play through to the end and make sure their teams do. And then all offseason, you've got this unfounded hope and, and promise of what will happen because of the way they closed it out. It always happens. This is what Fisher did all the time with the Titans. This is what's probably going to happen again. Do I think that they are going to beat Seattle? Probably not. But I don't think I don't think their eyes are on the calendar yet because there's still so much – that needs to happen with this team. And at the at the end of the day, they don't even know if they're playing there next. Maybe they are looking at the calendars. Maybe they're looking at their calendars and want to go check out housing for uh, L.A. You might be right. But I know, that, I know the coaching staff isn't laying over and has challenged the team. So who knows? Well, and that's the thing. You're probably playing, what, Gurley out of anybody. And he's a rookie. He He's, I think, fighting for pride and probably uh, rookie, most valuable rookie of the season. Uh, so I think he's going to be giving it a go, whereas the rest of the team might not. But that factors in. Offensive linemen, uh, I think that's important. And you know a lot of those vets who aren't in it, you can't tell me they're all giving 100% versus the guy going to the playoffs. They're going to block that all the way to the whistle. You know, they're going to give it their all. I agree. I, maybe the only other thing that I could think of that could help Seattle, well, it's, it's hurtful. They're going against the Seahawks. Toughest matchup yep. across many yep. positions uh, for fantasy football. But also they're so cocky and they're such cock knockers on the yeah, defensive true. side that hopefully that the, the offense and the offensive line, as you were mentioning, for the Rams do have a little bit of pride and have an ego themselves and have a chip on their shoulder and really try and bring it to them. Uh, so this this could be better. The Rams' deep offense just doesn't have enough firepower. They don't have the quarterback play to do it. Um, so I, I would hate – I'll mention later, he's a guy – he's a fade guy for me. Gurley, 
we're paying we're playing him in the championship of the pyro pro league and it's like just not expecting much you know maybe a short touchdown uh, maybe bust a long one but i just don't think he's like gonna have a sustained congruent uh, uh game with with what you would expect for him no, I I kind of agree. It's a tough matchup, and I don't know if their team is going to be in it. Although you know, I I like the idea that uh, Fisher is testing his his team and and pushing him, but Fisher is I just don't think he's a good coach to be honest. I just don't. He's an old man coach. He's coaching in an, a style of football that it doesn't really exist anymore. Moving on. Oh, I uh, want to say one thing. This is not, right, this is not right. football related. It's just funniness for for the listeners. Uh, pyro heavy and pyro light listeners know that D-Rex likes to throw out crazy weird stuff, but with with uh, Jeff Fisher, and I do not know how this is, but it's funny. You can check it out. There's like dedicated fan sites, and there's like dedicated women love this guy. They think he's like this hot. I don't know if because he used to play. I don't know if he used to be a better looking guy when he was younger Mustache. playing. I don't know if it's the mustache or just that look. It's probably like he's probably really big with the, like the swinger contingent. I don't know what it is, but of all the coaches that are in the league, Wanstead kind of had it back in the day too. Maybe it's the mustache, but women love Jeff Fisher. They think he's hot. Is that hilarious? <laughs> Tom Selleck, Burt Reynolds kind of appeal, you know? Oh my God! When I when I was reading an article about this and checked it out a little bit, I was dying. Like, like he's got like a little cult following with the like fifty to sixty five year old women. Like to see, you know, I was gonna go with a Jeff Fisher calendar, but I think we just step up our game and do a pyro calendar. The the men from pyro. Oh my god, I need I need some heavy special effects, some heavy photoshopping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll Kim Kardashian's got nothing on me after what I'm gonna put that picture through. Too true, too true. Tampa Bay, getting back into it there, out of playoff contention. Now, the Jacks, he's out, which makes Evans a fantastic play. DFS play as well. I'm going to talk about him. Tennessee, team is out of the hunt, so likely low motivation. Marietta ruled out. Hugh Mettenberger. Now, Coach Malarkey said they would revisit before week 17 concerning Marietta. Which is too bad, honestly. I wanted to see a full season of Jameis and a full season of Marietta to compare. You know, the, briefly, Marietta has three games with four touchdowns. Before this season, the rookie record for four touchdown games was one. Jameis only has one such game, and that was, on, that was the only time Winston has thrown more than two in a game. Jameis Winston, 25 touchdowns on the season. Uh, 20 rush or 20 passing, five rushing. Marietta, 21 total TDs, 19 through the air, two through the ground. So it's close. I think Marietta has those bigger explosion games. I just wanted to see two full seasons of these cats, uh, but twas not to be. Last one, folks. Washington. Uh, if they win, they're gonna clinch the East. So you know they're playing for it. Kirk Cousins, baby. He was my stream play of the week. Thank you very much. Uh, Kirk Cousins at home, 20 touchdowns. Now, he's on the road this week. Kirk Cousins at home, 20 touchdowns, 2,143 pass yards. On the road, seven touchdowns, 
1,482 pass yards. Let me ask you, do you think there is a road factor or because they're playing Philly who can give it up? And I saw a thing, Philly has the, the, uh, the fastest time between snaps. And if you added up all of their opponents, their opponents would have the second fastest. So because Philly is playing faster, their opponents then play faster as well. So it's interesting. If you add up all the amount of snaps that's going to happen, every time a team plays Philly, they play the most amount of snaps they've played that season. So it's, i.e., going to be a, a, a shootout possibly. Lots of points potentially because you're playing more snaps. So let me ask you, do you think Kirk Cousins is going to be able to do it again, or is he cursed by the road, uh, his road poor play throughout his history? It's the Eagles. There's no question about it. It's it's a it's just going to be a gluttonous opportunity for him. His confidence is at fever pitch level. Yeah. This is the kind of game that, no joke. This is the kind of game if he blows up, makes him you know, hard to say, but potentially a hundred million dollar player. Uh, he's they're gonna be re-signing him this off season. He's gonna be their quarterback next year. It's not going to be a, a it's not going to be a three year deal. It's going to be one of those hundred plus million, probably be something like what Kaepernick did. Uh, well, I don't I know. You. I think I think the weapons they are healthy. They are their weapons are unbelievable. And you got Jordan Reed and what he can do. And then you got your third best wide receiver is is, is Pierre Garcon. Uh, the way they can stretch the field with Jackson. It is. And Jackson's got the revenge factor going back to Philly. There you go. I didn't even think about that. That's huge. The off the, the running back situation is prime. You got a, a rookie that hasn't been playing up to uh, par, but he's a good player. You got a guy who's uh, basically showing himself off for his next contract with another team in Alfred Morris. It's It's a good fantasy football team in 2015. Top three especially now with everyone healthy. And I will say, with the Cousins thing, uh, he's poor performance on the road, going against a great defense that opens up opportunities. I believe far more in the matchup as being a predictor of fantasy success than history, a player versus a team or a player on the road versus splits. I would tend to believe in the matchup versus splits or a player history versus a team or something like that and I think like you said he's on fire he's playing great the team's playing great and boy Philly do they just give it up they're banged up in the defensive secondary as well and there's just so many factors here Deshaun going back uh, Cousins wanting to make a statement remember he was drafted as an afterthought right yeah. And he, he was drafted second, probably has a chip on his shoulder, and he is showing it. Now, the one thing here at Matt Jones, uh, dealing with a hip contusion, just to keep an eye on it, he got that hurt that last week. He's been limited in practice all week, officially questionable, so keep an eye on that. Again, I always tweet out this stuff, and of course, Valverde and I dropped the knowledge for you on uh, Pyro Pro with your news feed, letting you know all you need to do before you set your lineup. All right, guys, that was the rundown. That was a long rundown, but we got a lot of stuff to cover. This is the most important week, so you need to know who's questionable, who's not, 
And of course, who has the extra bit of motivation? Now, looking at some flex appeal, these are guys that you can likely grab off your waiver wire, plug in right now. Now, before I name my guy, I have actually got two, and I know you got a couple, but just the, the list is incredible. Running backs alone, Buck Allen, Hightower, Carlos Williams, Bernard Robinson, Spencer Ware, Brandon Bolden, Blal Powell, Ronnie Brown, of course, that filled up, uh, Cameron Artis Payne, Bryce Brown, C. Mike Gillisley. There's just this plethora of guys, which goes to my point, draft wide receivers early. Uh, so many guys to pick. Bunch of wide receivers as well, but I'm focusing on the running backs. The guy I'm focusing on, I've got two. Bernard faces the Saints. As we said, start anybody against the Saints. On the season, no other team has given up more fantasy points to opposing backs. Again, I think matchup is one of the best predictors of fantasy success. This is a choice matchup. Juicy. Amazingly, the Saints' defense have allowed opposing PPR backs to rack up double-digit points 19 different times. 19 running backs in 14 games have put up double-digit fantasy points against them. They've allowed at least <laughs> 10 fantasy points in more games than, or into more backs than they played games. I think that is an insane factor. And Denard, with the situation in Jacksonville, he's going to get the opportunity. He's going to get the looks. Uh, he's a great pass catcher. He's in on a lot of the downs. I think he's going to get a ton of work this week. Hopefully, owners will get what they were expecting last week, this week against the Saints. My other guy, Bilal Powell, he's a guy I picked up. In the last, uh, and both these guys are available 50% of leagues or more. Uh, Bilal Powell, in the last three or five games, Powell has been given more snaps than Chris Ivory. In that span of time, five games, he has only had fewer than five receptions once. So that's a pretty decent floor, especially PPR. 37 targets in those five games, and in that span of time, he has surpassed 75 all-purpose yards four times. So every all but once, he's put up 75 all-purpose yards uh, Facing the Patriots. Now, surprisingly, I thought this was a low. It's a 45.5 over-under. I think this is going to be a shootout. I think the Pats will likely win and be ahead. If that's the case, those are the games Bilal Powell outsnaps Ivory. When Ivory gets more snaps, it's the games that they're winning and they want to play ground and pound, chew up the clock. If you're going against the Patriots, odds are pretty good that you're going to be down and needing to pass. So if game script goes accordingly... Ivory's workload should dwindle. Powell should go up. Lots of opportunity. Who would you stream in that uh, folks could grab right now and potentially plug into their championship lineup if indeed they need somebody? I'm digging in that ma in that matchup we were just talking about with the Redskins tomorrow night. Uh, Jordan Matthews coming off, obviously, his best game of the season. A guy that went super high, probably fourth round uh, in drafts back in August and been a big bust for you. But why not, why not make up for the bustliness of the whole season and slot him in and have him be the guy that can really bring you, bring you th through the promised land? They're gonna have to throw against the Redskins. They're 
they're just gonna have to. You're coming off a game where where we know Matthews had his eleven targets, eight catches, 159 yards, uh, a, a nice touchdown, and he's he's legit talent. So who knows what's going on? Maybe Chip uh, either on his on his way out or trying to solidify themselves and it just goes to their best player. And and there's just no question that Ertz is getting a lot of opportunities now in the target zones. And um, so is, is, is Matthew. So I like him a lot. That that's a ballsy one to play in your, uh, your championship game. I like it. See, I, I really like another guy that we were kicking around earlier uh, anybody on New Orleans that you wanted to, to talk about? Yeah, I wanted the janitor. Willie Sneed. Willie yeah, Sneed, baby. the janitor. I don't know. what This guy looks like, I, I think he served me at like, I don't know, at either like a crystal or um, maybe, uh, maybe not Popeye's, uh, KFC. I feel like he was at KFC <laughs> I went into one time, and he was like, uh, he just got that, got that w- white collar, Blue collar, yellow collar look, and uh, his dad was a coach, but this dude has had 17 catches for just short of 200 yards the last two weeks. This guy's available. Yeah, the 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 breeze thing we were talking about earlier is a little scary, but I mean that is a lot of catches, that is a lot of yardage, and um, I don't know, he's hot right now. He's, he's tra- his trajectory and his trending in the right direction. The guy does not drop a pass. And in this day, this league, this year, I'm so sick. I'm going to be honest. I'm sick of the announcers in these NFL games sticking up for these wide receivers, catching, dropping balls. I'm sick of it. I can't even believe it. Time and time again, it's like, oh, that was a bad pass. No, it wasn't a great pass. But these guys are paid millions of dollars to catch that pass. I would have caught that pass. If you touch it, you can catch it. Touch it, you can catch it. And it's unbelievable the way the announcers are like, oh, that was a bad pass. Oh, that was too high. Oh, no. Catch the ball. The year of the drop, for sure. I've never seen so many. Devontae Adams. Uh, it's just insane, some of these guys. Now, let me ask you a question. Edelman. Uh, big yep. big year drop. You want to know the biggest dropper of the season who you would never think? Amari Cooper. Wanna who used to never drop the ball but drop it all the time? Julio Jones. The 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 guys even Brandon Marshall's dropping a ton of passes. There's it's everyone is dropping passes. I've seen Allen Robinson dropping pass, Brandon Cooks dropping passes. I mean it's just lots of dudes dropping now, passes. Getting back to your, your flex play, I love the sneed call. I've got a question from my friend about his fantasy team, because Lord knows we don't talk about ours. But would you start a Sneed or a Lockett? Because my friend just lost ODB. Well, first of all, tell your friend I think he's a total putz. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me, he's heard it before. (laughs) Um, But I think think it it all depends on, on Breeze. Breeze scares me. If that thing's torn, and I he was again. I'm sorry to talk about our league, but this is big time. And I I lost in in a game last week going against Breeze, and it just looked like when he got injured, I was like, oh my god, this guy's gonna go out, and I'm gonna friggin' win this on an injury fluke. Never rooting for an injury, but in that moment, I might have been. 
I don't know. He didn't look very good, dude. He was hobbling around, and if nope. you're saying he's in major pain uh, right now, and he's saying he's going to play. So Drew Brees is saying he's going to play. He's going for that 300-yard passing record. He's trying to move move past uh, Peyton Manning. He might not ever get one ever again in his career. Uh, I love Brees as a gamer, but if he tries to give it a go in that first quarter and just can't do it, what's the team got to – there's no reason for him to be playing other than bravado. And and being uh, uh, I don't know. And the truth is, isn't he a free agent anyways? Isn't he, aren't there like a lot of this is a guy that might be playing his last couple games as a saint. I, do, I you know I don't know if he's a free agent. I got a great site that talk that has lists all the free agents. I will tweet that out. Uh, but I'm pretty sure he's wrapped up there. I'll I'll find I, I I'll find he, I'll find out. But I like Snead a lot if Breeze is playing and healthy. If not, I think I like a locket. Um, locket, just the ups, upside, and Russell Wilson's playing hot. And if Baldwin is yeah. hampered by his injury, yeah. and what was the report? Terrible, horrible pain from Ian Rappaport referring to Drew Brees. He's been in a walking boot all week, so it's it's iffy for sure in New Orleans, and. On the flip side, Russell Wilson is just Targaryen on fire, Game of Thrones. He's just crazy right now, so it's hard to hard to pass him up. Great, great um, point. Any anyone else that uh, you want to plug in for a flex play? Grab him, throw him in your lineup, perhaps a tight end, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Ertz was talking about him earlier. I mean, his targets. He's on fire. He's actually coming around. Uh, God, remember in like week six, he was probably one of the bigger busts at the tight end position. Definitely one of the top five taken. And you had Selleck through the beginning of the season getting touchdowns and all the looks. But Ertz got absolutely destroyed on that one play, was out for a few weeks with a concussion, uh, a couple weeks, I think, and has come back hot as hell. And Chip Kelly's finally getting his chance to use him. And I think Ertz is actually a, a second uh, he's a last quarter or a second half player every year that he's been in because he always starts out like garbage. But I like an Ertz. Um, he's trending in the right zone. He's, again, another guy that in some leagues you can pick this frigging guy up, and he's going to be an all right play for you at the wide at the tight end position. Um, at the same time, he scares the piss out of me because I don't know if he's got heart. So I like to put my hands in the big game. On a couple things. This is kind of strategy or the way D Rex thinks. But one, I like going with players that I really actually enjoy. I will start a player that I actually like as a player over another guy uh, that I, if they're both on the same level and I don't know who to play, I'll play the guy I like and root for on a regular basis. I think that gives me some good mojo. Um, and with Ertz, uh, I also like to play, like I mentioned, Jordan Matthews. Guys that I took early that I think have some mojo, because I think sometimes it's nice to be justified in an early draft pick. But Ertz is one of those guys that just, I don't know if he's got the heart. Um, he he doesn't fall into that category for me of a player. He would fall off and fall out of favor um, to many players, because Ertz, I don't know, there's just something about him that just... He's got that A.J. Green aspect to him. I'm just not sure if he has got the true heart and the desire to win. So, I don't know. I, there you have it. Well, folks, those are our flex plays. And as always, you can take the flex plays and certainly, you know, if they're available in your waiver wire, grab them, plug them in. But also, these are great 
uh, oftentimes cheaper options in daily fantasy sports. So once again, we talked about Bilal Powell being a good play, getting more snaps than Ivory. Denard, great situation. Uh, we talked about Jordan Matthews, uh, Ertz, and of course Sneed in a sh potential shootout game. All great guys that you could plug in and play. Now, if we're going to the stream, once again, the goal with streaming, and I've, I've done really well with streaming uh, quarterback uh, over necessity in one league. I've had to do um, tight ends. But once again, the goal of streaming is not to continually stream. It's to catch your quarterback or catch your fish, if you will, catch whatever position you're streaming for, and then land them. Use them. You know, if you were streaming earlier and you picked up Tyrod, you didn't have to stream anymore. Um, maybe some of you were streaming Carson Palmer after the first couple of weeks. You no longer had to stream. That's what you're shooting for. Last week, I mentioned Kirk Cousins. Well, don't drop him. You don't have to stream. I talked about him last week. He's still amazingly widely available. And hopefully you listened to me. You played him because we had a fantastic week. And now you've got him. I would roll right to the playoffs with him. He's hot. He's using them. Um, he was my ceiling play last week, and boy, did he hit a ceiling. Uh, 319 yards, four touchdowns, nary interception, and of course he plays, faces Philly. Last week, uh, I'm sorry, last five weeks, only the Giants have given up more points to the position. When Cousins faced this defense in week four, he put up just over 21 fantasy points. Deeper leagues with less on the waiver wire to stream. Uh, I just mentioned the Giants having given up the most fantasy points to the quarterback position in the last five weeks. Well, Vikings will play host to the Giants. This brings me to Teddy Bridgewater. Now, again, Cousins is my man. Go with him. But, of course, deeper leagues, you can't get him. Uh, Teddy could possibly have a great game, especially if AP is hampered, not as good to go. Teddy will certainly be in line for more work. He's coming off a great week with four passing touchdowns, one rushing. Um, scored just shy of 33 fantasy points. I think he could be a nice play against the Giants D that really opens it up to opposing quarterbacks. T-Rex, a couple of quarterbacks you like him? Well, I really like what you're saying, just to be honest, uh, about – you know, once you find your your streaming players, and you just you just run with it, and you don't have to be looking for them anymore. Yeah. And you know, we like to drink beer here on the Pyro Podcast. And I think what I've been doing is I've been streaming IPAs and session IPAs, to be honest. And and what it was it was nice that when I I've been trying out all these different great breweries and seeing which guy had the best IPA India Pale Ale. In a session style, which you know, I think most of you know it, but it's a, a lighter uh, alcohol content, so that you can drink longer. It's more for still getting that flavor and that IPA, IPA citrusy or hoppy or malty flavor that you like, but being able to do it at alcohol levels that are on the same level as a you know a Budweiser, some of these no normal beers. So. Some of the beers I was doing was a Ballast Point, Even Keel, you know, it's good out of San Diego. You know, the Easy Jack, I like another California beer there um, out of Firestone Walker. They've got a good one. Uh, Pinner IPA, an old brewery that I love, Oscar Blues Brewery out of Colorado. But I'm going to tell you, 
after and there's a lot of other ones there's a number of the boulevard's got a uh, a nice uh, session beer um and then there's a number of them try try a number of them but it was nice to come across the one that i love the most and that is good old founders brewing all day ipa session ale and there's just no question about it even with the full ipas that i do and you guys know from the heavy which ones I love. I love a two-hearted. My favorite is a fresh squeeze. I'll do a stone. Uh, I love uh, your favorite is that centennial. Some of my favorite double IPAs are, you know, there's there's a number of them. Um, but this beer, it's got so much flavor in that in that session ale that it's almost shocking. Like, wow, that's only a session, and it's so good. And and Founders is a, a big brewery, and they're helping to sponsor and support Pyro. And the fact is that we just love uh, love them for doing that. But this beer is off the charts, and it's just so good. If you're scared of of the buzz factor on jumping up uh, from your uh, Bud Lattes and your more contemporary uh, run of the mill big brewery type beers. Try a Founders All Day IPA because it, it's just not going to give you that you're, I'm wasted after four beers kind of vibe, uh, and it's just so friggin' tasty. And I, I love this line that, that, that they've got. It's the beer you've been waiting for. Keeps your taste satisfied while keeping your senses sharp. An all-day IPA naturally brewed with a complex array of malts, grains, and hops. Balanced for optimal aromics and a clean finish. The perfect reward for an honest day's work and the ultimate companion to celebrate life's simple pre uh, pleasures. Uh, good times. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm going on a uh, – it's going to be great. Uh, I'm going on – I booked it with my old high school buddies. We're going to Idaho to go on a whitewater rafting trip in June with one of my great friends that actually owns the company. And we've been talking about going in this thing forever, and we're just like, we're going to go, and we never did it. He visited in town for uh, Thanksgiving, and we all, while we were eating dinner at a nice uh, Italian restaurant in the city, we all put in our deposits, and we just booked it. And I'll tell you, the beer that I'm going to be drinking that whole time, because like I said, I have to keep my senses, and, you know, they want to have fun, and but it, I'm going to be, like, high-level, I think it's three-level whitewater rafting. I'm going to be drinking that beer because I can still have a good taste, good buzz, but get shit done. And also... I won't be all spenty. That's the reason why you, you drink one of those in the afternoon so that you're not geezed out by 7 o'clock and ready to go to sleep. At that point, you just move over to the scotch. I will Valverde that one. I'll Valverde that one, too. Wait, what was some of the lingo you were dropping me? Spenty? There is a couple ones that I felt so hip. All of a sudden, I've been putting together Barbie princess palaces all day, for God's sakes, man. Uh, I, I felt young and alive right there. And just to remind the pyromaniacs out there, if you guys want to enjoy some Founders, go to our main website. And in the top, you'll see the Founders logo. Just click on that puppy, enter your zip code, and they basically draw you a map where you can find Founders Beer near you. Founders Brewery out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. They are a premier pyromaniac sponsor. Awesome stuff. And yeah, I second that. The uh, my parents' 50th wedding anniversary, we, we put on uh, all day IPA. It's great for those, like you say, Bud Light drinkers that want to 
uh, get introduced into the craft brew. And for me, who I like something stronger, something, you know, more kick to it, more hops, it's great for me. It's a, a crowd pleaser. It will uh, keep happy those that like their craft brew and keep happy those that like their uh, Miller Lights, unfortunately. Those it's a great one. Also, those um, 15 packs, I'm pretty sure they do a 15 pack. Um, very well priced. They're uh, for the all day. I think it's a 15 they do, and it's it's there. You go, buddy. He's holding up the all day IPA box to my to the uh, to the site Skype train, and that 15 pack. It's basically at a price. You know, obviously these these craft beers are a little more expensive, but that's absolutely normal. You're gonna get a beer. Anything's gonna cost you more expensive. If you go to a mom pa or a smaller shop than if you buy it at Walmart. And uh, Budweiser and the others, while good beers, not cutting them short, they are Walmarts. Um, but, yeah, that, those last three beers are basically free at their cost price. Yeah, baby. And if there's something we love at Pyro, you know it's good brew and, of course, fantasy football. So bringing us back to the streamers, you got a couple of quarterbacks you got your eye on, my friend. Well, obviously I love your Cousins call. You mentioned Tyrod Taylor before. He's he's still available, which he yeah. seems to be in many leagues. Um, which is crazy because that's a guy I was streaming on my my dynasty team, and once again, boom! I stopped streaming him. I didn't have to do it anymore, right? And that's the goal. That's what a lot of people. I don't I don't think they get that. Well, I you think what happens what happens is there's a lot of great there's a lot of guys, and I I I had Bortles. And um, I had Bortles, and who was my other? Luck was obviously injured for me. Bortles and someone else that I liked at quarterback was facing it because I'm in so many friggin' leagues, which I'm changing next year. I'm going down to three next year, no question about it. Um, it, it all, you know, you forget your leagues and teams when you do this, and then the expert leagues we're in. But uh, Tyrod, I dropped him in, in a league uh, last week to pick up one of those running backs I was talking about. I looked at his. I didn't like his matchup in the last two weeks, um, and I didn't need him. I knew I wasn't going to be starting him, so I just said, you know what? He's going to go. So someone picked him up, kind of like your Woodhead story, and played him last week, you know? But that's why a player like that might be available on your wire. Um, but I like Tyrod and then Jameis Winston. You're going against the Bears. That truly is a team in my eyes that is that has mailed it in. Um, I think Alshon's not going to play this week. Uh, I think they'll run the ball between Forte a lot and and, and uh, Langford, but I think the Bears have packed it up, and I think Lovey, as I said before, is a guy that plays until the last whistle of the last game, hurting your your draft slot chances every every step of the way. But that's just what he does because he wants the team to win as many games and, and ride it in. So Jameis Winston in that matchup, I really 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 like. And Vincent Jackson's out. He could be going to Evans a lot, ASJ as well. And you have to believe that because he knows Mariota's out, that it was a it was a two horse race for rookie of the year between those two. He wants to put a big stamp. He wants to go out kicking, right? He wants to put up a big game to seal the deal on rookie of the year. Uh, those are the incentives, whether they're going to the playoff or not, whether they've got um, something on the line, and Winston has something on the line to do well. Uh, moving to the tight end position. Once again, I, I feel like I'm cheating here, but I streamed him last week and I'm keeping him. Now, Watson, he, he's got some injury issues, so you got to keep an eye on him. But uh, if you listened to me last week, you did well with him. He's on your team. 
Uh, again, gold streaming is not to continually pick up guys, but to land one. And I think he landed one. He landed one with Watson. Uh, as I said, he won me my week last week because I faded Kelsey. Uh, firing up the flex capacitor. <laughs> Kelsey was not the play, and Watson was. So hopefully, you folks listened to me last week. Hear me now and listen to me later. Now, this week. He faces Jacksonville. It's shootout written all over it. As we've said, Vegas hasn't even listed this puppy. Uh, it's just there's too many question marks, I think, too many scenarios that could happen, whether Breeze is in, whether Breeze is out, and just the amount of points these guys have been allowing and putting up. Um, surrendered over 20 fantasy points to the position on three separate occasions. So for tight end, that's pretty good. So... These guys could easily allow Watson uh, to put up a lot of points. Uh, last five weeks, only three teams have allowed more fantasy points to the position than Jacksonville in the last four. My man Watson has 11 red zone targets. That is most in the league. The next closest cat has six. Watson, last four weeks, 11 red zone targets. The guy with number two has six. Now, if Watson's not available, I like me. Richard Rodgers, he's a great play, but I'm liking some Will Ty. And I know you're going to talk about him a little bit later, but basically, Eli uh, throws a ton in the red zone. He has 86 attempts. The leader for most red zone attempts has 89. So Eli is right there for the top. And the vacuum created by ODB, uh, a lot of stuff to go around. I think Will Ty can catch some of that. Any uh, other guys uh, you want to mention? I kind of alluded to him, but do you, do you like uh, ASJ down in Tampa? Yeah, I do. I think, you know, he's he's touchdown dependent. He's low target. Uh, I think he's had three catches in each of the last two weeks. Uh, did have a touchdown uh, last week, but I, I think – I think if you're streaming someone at that position, I like him a lot more with Vincent out against the Bears than a lot of other players. Your Will Ty guy I like a lot. Um, Ertz was actually I, – I kept him up in that flex appeal. Really, for me, I, he was more of a streamer. Sorry. So Ertz is – we were talking about Ertz earlier. I like him for streaming, not for flexing. Uh, I just kept him in my notes. My bad. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Will Ty is just a – Ridiculous athlete, uh, probably the, one of those freak athletes that, that's essentially a wide receiver, shorter, bigger. He's a freak. So I think he's the best. We talked many times on both the shows how outside of ODB, the, the, the true talent that they have at wide receiver for the Giants is, is, is very slow. It's not that amazing. And um, uh, Will Ty brings the, the most dynamic athletic uh, gamemanship to the position for Eli, so I expect that to uh, pay off. Yeah, Will Ty, uh, what, eight targets last week, made up about 18% of the team's total targets, and you have to think that increases uh, with ODB going out, and, and Will Ty, you know, it, the past two weeks, it's 17% of the team's total targets are going to him. ODB, that's just a huge vacuum. You know he's going to be a, a recipient of some of that. So New York's a big play. A lot of, a lot of folks looking to New York, uh, seeing who's going to fill that void. 
Moving on to defense. I got two for you. Kansas City. Uh, I played them a lot last week. They did me wonders in my DFS. But for streaming, they are available. Now, I shoot for 50%. They're only available in 40% of NFL Fantasy Leagues. But still, if they're available, grab these caps. They're at Arrowhead, which is one of the toughest places to play, to visit, I should say. Uh, they are 11.5-point favorites over Cleveland Stanky Browns. Kansas City has 41 sacks. Second, uh, only two, I'm sorry, only two teams have more sacks. Kansas City. What you got for me, D? I love that call. I was able to pick them up. It's only a 10-man last week, before last week's game. I think I picked them up Saturday, just looking. Um, that's only a 10-man league, but it's a 24-deep bench. And you're able to pick up Kansas City at that point, and they're just solid. They're a good team. They're good. They're good in a lot of different formats for fantasy. You know, so I'm, uh, just I like that play a lot. Well, we could have a the, the the his name's eluding me, but the the cornerback could very well be up for uh, rookie of the the year. He's phenomenal. They're really a second-half team. They are totally coming on in the second half. So a lot of the stats that you look at are really skewed because they didn't show up in the beginning. Um, as I said, on the season, Kansas City has 41 sacks. Second, only two teams have more. 20 interceptions, only one team has more. Now they're facing Manziel, uh, who basically tosses – one touchdown in one interception a game. That's basically what this dude puts up. Only two teams have allowed their quarterback to be sacked more than Cleveland. So you've got a major sacking defense against a majorly vulnerable offense. Uh, Kansas City is a great play this week with a huge spread. Yeah, love it. Marcus Peters is that quarterback. Yeah, Marcus Peters. That's the cat. Now, actually, I've got a couple more here, guys. Uh, Steelers, available 74% of leagues, although they are on the road, and you know me, I like home favorites, according to Vegas. Uh, they're on the road, so I, I didn't find this one originally because I'm always looking for the heavy favorites, uh, low over under home teams. But heavy favorites, favored by 10, over Baltimore. Baltimore has an implied team total of just over 18. Baltimore's rolling out Jimmy Clausen, in all likelihood. Last two games, more interceptions, three, than touchdowns, two. Last two games, he's failed to reach 58% completion. So Steelers, again, not a home team, but heavily favorite over a bleeding Baltimore team. My last one is super sneaky. I, in fact, I think, I believe I even included this on my uh, Pyro yeah, Daily yeah. Do's piece. Uh, the Lions, baby. They are available in 90% of leagues. Check this out. Home favorites by over 10 points against San Francisco, who you can't tell me isn't making vacation plans. Most of those dudes are. So playing against a team that's already out and really throwing in the chips, um, only three teams are averaging a total offense of less than 200 yards per game. San Francisco is one of those three teams that averages less than 200 yards per game. Only 2,800 on DraftKings, if you're picking them up there, but like I said, available in 90% of NFL Fantasy Leagues. Great stream, great DraftKings play. San Francisco has a net expected team total of 16.75. Man, I mean, we're talking two touchdowns and maybe 
the field goal. A little bit over. San Francisco starting running back Sean Drone out. So we talked about this earlier. They're pulling out Gaskins or a dude that's been out, was on Seattle just a couple of weeks ago. I think this is a great, great play. Uh, the only real threat offensively is Bolden. He's questionable, limited in practice on Thursday. Seems to be on cruise control a bit. Quarterback pressure is key, if you ask me, in fantasy defenses. Quarterback pressure leads to sacks, which leads to interceptions, which leads to points. Gabbert, second highest sack rate. He sacked on 8.5% of his dropbacks. Now, according to Football Outsiders, the Lions, fourth best adjusted sack rate. What do you think of my Lions call? I love it also because uh, a player that that needs to, he just he's one yard short of a of a beautiful return. Amir Abdullah could uh, could hit a could hit that as well, and um, could easily do a return action for you and for that defense in Detroit. Yeah, young talent, explosive guy. He he definitely can get it done. Uh, really low price on DraftKings, but certainly available in your leagues. Now, well, the reason I'm bringing him up for that return for your defense. Yeah, yeah, the return, absolutely. The kick return. Yeah, defense special teams for sure. Um, I think they're a great play all around. Now, dudes, I'm fading. Guys, I'm not too hip on, and I know I'm going to take flack for this. I haven't really heard this anywhere else, but Barnage, I know he is everyone's darling. He's got a terrible matchup. I just We just basically talked about it, right? He's facing uh, a horrible situation by going to Kansas City. As I said, Arrowhead, very tough place to play. As I said, Kansas City, 11-point favorites. Cleveland has a net expected team total, as I said, below 17. Now, on the season, one of four teams allowing an average of a single digit to opposing tight ends. That means, on average, only four defenses allow single-digit fantasy performances to tight ends. Kansas City is one of them. Only three, they've only allowed three touchdowns this season to tight ends. Three on the season. They've only allowed, this one is huge, they've only allowed two tight ends to put up more than 10 fantasy points, and that's in PPR. Only two tight ends have put up 10 fantasy points against them. This is who Barnage faces. I think it's a really tough, tough matchup. A great, yes, a great free piece that we have on pyromaniac.com on a weekly basis is our uh, pyro power rankings. And basically in that piece, Stag Party puts together each week, we break down how many fantasy points are, are all 32 teams scoring across the four positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And then also we have how many fantasy points are teams allowing all 30 against those four positions as well, skill positions. And then there's the differential. And in that, you look at it, who's number one against stopping tight ends? Kansas City. They off they allow 5.1 fantasy football points per week to the position. So if you're starting Barnage, you're going you're starting him thinking that he's gonna do better, do something against the best defense at the position. I'm looking at this whole list and 5.1 does seems a lot lower of a of a 
score than any other position, obviously. Not a good time for Barnage. I agree. Good call. Yeah, I think he's going to really struggle to put up double-digit points. And I think that's a big one. A lot of people, when I hear these fade calls, they pick soft guys. You know, guys that, oh, it's pretty easy to fade. Barnage, he's a tough one, but I really think he's got an uphill battle at Kansas City. He's fighting for something they are not, and it's nobody's done it. Nobody gets it done. Only two guys have put up more than 10 points. That's crazy good. Yeah. Um, you got some big picks here, too. Who are you fading this I'll, week? I'll quickly go over the Gurley because I think you pretty much probably have to play him unless you're sitting on a bevy of great running backs. Right. Um, Seahawks, not a great time, um, but you're probably playing Gurley regardless. Hell, he's pretty much a stud. He could break something. They might just decide, let's let's get Gurley as many uh, carries and opportunities as possible these last two weeks. Uh, to get him, like you said, that coveted rookie of the year. He is, which is crazy, but awesome. It's also reflective of this new Pro Bowl format, but he's a Pro Bowler. Not too many, uh, not too many Pro Bowlers as a rookie in that, in, 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 in especially in the such a, in the specialty positions like that. So that's impressive. But I'll go to the next guy. No heart, AJ Green. If you're on the heavy, you hear me and Stag Party battling back and forth about AJ Green and the way that. I just don't like his demeanor, and he just doesn't bring it. And lo and behold, in the biggest game of my season, and to get to the bigger game, he really stunk it up. He had one catch, I think. Got hurt. Looked like a pansy. He was already you were already bummed out about him heading in with uh, you know AJ McCarron throwing it to him and Dalton out. This week he's going against Denver. Uh, he's got his backup quarterback. He's going against Denver. He's a little banged up. He's a total puss bag. He's got l- less heart than most guys that are max contract dudes uh, at the position. I don't know. I'm soured on him. He let me down. But if I was in the big game and I could do something better, if you don't have better, don't get cute and tricky. But A.J. Green against uh, Tlaib and against that Denver uh, team, I think it spells trouble. Um I, I really, I really do. So if I was going to fade anyone, it'd be number eighteen on the Bengals. Yeah, it, it could be. It's it's hard to trust, but like you say, it, who knows what your roster construction is? But uh, AJ has under delivered more than he's over delivered, or given you at least what you expect this season. Guys that were picked right, he was picked before these guys mostly, unless people really loved. Cooks showed up last week. Other guys, uh, Mike Evans showed up last week and has been on fire. Uh, A.J. Green did have a good game a couple weeks ago and has come up big a couple times, but his duds are real duds. Uh, And, you know, other guys, Nuke did okay last week, and he hasn't been great to close out the season. But all of those guys, you're feeling better about this week than you are about than an A.J. Green. So something to remember when you're going to the drafts next year. A.J. Green's an elite talent. I'm pretty sure he's still a top five, top seven guy at the position. But it's how you want your points. He's uh, he, he lights it up a few weeks, and he really, really slaps you across the face a number of other ones. Well, let's keep this party rolling. Uh, before we get to the tip of the week, and I'm going to go through mine fast because we've already alluded to it. Just quickly, we were talking about Leonard Hankerson earlier. I had a few moments there, and I checked Twitter. 
I don't see anything about him not going this week, nor anything about him being injury anything. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep it posted. But once again, Leonard Hankerson, unless something else comes up, they got uh, he's fifth on the chart. They've got three guys in front of him. One is doubtful. The other two questionable. Could be something, but uh, doesn't look as though he is injured now. My tip of the week for you folks, I've already kind of mentioned it, and I'm going to go short because I love D's tip this week, but talking about what this year might teach us, I'm in a reflective mood, and maybe it's, what, trade your way to the championship. Think of how many guys had spurts of four weeks, maybe three weeks, five weeks. Uh, Allen, Freeman, Gurley, James Jones, Lamar Miller, Julio Woodhead, Dalton, Rivers, Evans, Golden Tate. All these guys had these little clusters of performances. So why not trade high? Why not trade high when you've got a guy? I mean, there's this is the NFL, baby. Not for long. Guys get injured. Uh, you Once you get enough game tape on someone, their performance can dwindle. Maybe that happens to Gurley or some of these youngsters in the league. It just seems to me like you want to capitalize on those points in your situation and especially with running backs. They're not long for the limelight. Uh, it seems like they, they strike quick and then either fade or get injured or become stagnant. So it, to me, it's do the opposite. Draft wide receiver early and trade, baby, trade. Trade when they're high. Even if you lose a week, even if you trade and they still have another blow-up week, I would think odds are in your favor. Maybe something we can look at this summer and put some numbers into it, but odds are in your favor if you trade a guy after four weeks because that seems to be a pattern that has developed this season. So maybe trade your way to a championship going next year. D-Rex, you got a tip or a reflective moment or a good piece of sage wisdom for the pyromaniacs out there? Absolutely. And, and one thing to go on your selling high thing is we got a lot of second opinions uh, through the Pyro Pro members where you can ask us direct questions as a part of your membership. And, and, and a lot of them were, were on Gurley because we, 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 we jumped on him and we were given the advice to grab him early or people, people drafted him. And a lot of teams were like, should I trade high on this guy? Should I get rid of him? And, 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 and in a lot of situations, we said no. You know, it's like this guy, this guy looks like he's on, on, on the way to doing something special, something for the ages. And in all honesty, if I could take that back, it depends. A lot of the situations, like, is it a keeper league? You know, what is it? If it's a keeper league, I can't believe how many people are like, should I move him for this, for Brady in a keeper league? I'm like, dude, no. Fisher, Mr. Handsome to the 65-year-old is going to run this guy into the ground. Don't want Brady, even though I think he'll still play for another five years. But uh, back to what I was going to say. Well, off of that real quick, I mean, yeah, Gurley looks like a a special thing. Look at uh, Freeman at the beginning of the year. I mean, that was was incredible. That was incredible. And you thought, boy, people missed it. Uh, This guy, you know, I only heard a, a handful of guys on him at the beginning of the season. Most were totally off him. They drafted Coleman. They're moving away. And it was something incredible for about five weeks. And then it fizzled. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if there is such a thing as something special. I think more often than not, it's five weeks of incredibleness, and then life catches up. The NFL catches up. Teams uh, see tape on it. 
their body wears down, something. I think you got to capitalize on those situations. Maybe even one-game moments in some respects. Carlos Hyde, when he lit it up week one, yeah. my buddy's like, yeah. oh, my God, Carlos Hyde. I literally told him, like, trade him now, buddy. Look at this matchup. This is not happening again. I was all over. I was doing all these like analysis of Carlos Hyde doing his double digit carries. I'm like, oh, he's terrible. There's, he's not going to do it. He's overrated. And after that first week, I'm like, damn, boy, I whiffed on that one. Yeah, they need. It's kind of like what you were saying earlier. They need. They got ahead in the score early, and they just. It's like the ivory factor. That's never happened again once. Um, no. All right. So my thing is, is you know. Me and you are, 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 are kindred souls and kindred spirits in this way. We're, we're, we're nice people, and we care about our planet. We care about the people that live on it, no matter what uh, religion, uh, color, skin, no matter what, what's going through um, their mind. You know, we're, all, we're all human beings. We're all people, and all the creatures on our, that aren't humans are just as important to us, down to a friggin' fire ant. And um, at the end of the day, you and I, we—, we we move through life with that kind of mantra as something we do. You know, they, they, you can always tell how, how, how good somebody is by how they treat animals or how they treat the waiter or how they just treat people in general. And, it's, and even if you aren't someone that does this and isn't a kind person, tomorrow, tonight, Sunday morning, do kind things. Improve your karma. Give the bum on the street money. If that irks you and you think that he should have a job, do it anyways. Help someone uh, take their groceries out. Do re uh, if you if you had a fight with a family member or an old friend, just bury the hatchet. You know, just just do good things and be kind to people and just take a different approach. and And the reason to do that is to just improve your luck, be a good person. Improve your karma for the big week's games, and I'm a big believer in that sort of stuff. Even you Machiavellian people out there that just don't believe in that sort of uh, thing or aren't superstitious, tomorrow I'll just be good to people. Same with Sunday. Think good thoughts and reach out and say hi to old friends. And, you know, it's the Christmas time. It's an important time to be uh, with friends and family and just to be kind and be generous. Uh, so do that. And just help your standings uh, with the man above uh, and in your hope and getting some uh, good luck. And as I always say, Roger Daltrey always says it, have, uh, be lucky. Be lucky. And, uh, you know, just being a good person to others and, 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 and in general will do that. But if you aren't that person, do it over the next day and a half to help your standings. You might, it might just win you a championship. It's that time to turn over new leafs. Um, looking to make changes 2016. You know, I, I come from a long line of teachers. My dad always gave homework assignments such as children go home and tell your folks you love them tonight because there may come a day when they will not be there and you don't want any possibility of not knowing. You want to know for sure. Um, along those same lines of your poignant heartfelt uh, tip check out David Foster Wallace uh, there's a YouTube video called what is water and it does a really good job of kind of summing up some of the things that he, he was saying but about improving your life it, it comes from mindset and being nice to others but also you know thinking about what it is to be in someone else's shoes maybe that clerk behind the counter is not rude 
because she's got it out for you. But maybe she was, you know, holding the hand of a dying loved one all night or working three jobs just to put her kids through college. Right? You don't know what somebody else is going through. Give them benefit of the doubt. Uh, walk a mile in someone else's shoes and, uh, you know, spread love because uh, it'll come back to you. So one of the best tips I think we've had uh, this season, sir. The last segment, ladies and gentlemen, the Daily Dose, which, by the way, this is uh, – we started this puppy, and Dee said, all right, let's just not make it over two hours. And here we are broaching the two-hour mark. But I tell you guys, this is the most important week. And so I know we put a little bit more into the Huey Lewis and the news and notes, but I wanted to make sure if you've got a guy and you heard his name on the questionable – your ears pricked up and you said, oh, boy, I got to make some second plans. I, I got to think about this. Uh, I wanted to put in there about the incentives, who's going to be playing extra hard and who might not, because that could be a determining factor. This is it, baby. This is what we play for. So use the knowledge that we are dropping and use the goo and win that championship, baby. This is what it's all for. So a little bit longer one. And on Christmas, we love you, Pyromaniacs. So, last segment, the Daily Dose. My quarterback pick is, well, let me go back. Last week I did Russell Wilson. I still think he's a good call, although keep in mind Baldwin is questionable. But this week I'm going with Bortles, baby. We talked about this game. It has shootout potential all over it. He's 6500 on DraftKings. There are actually eight quarterbacks more expensive, including Andrew Luck. <laughs> 6500 for Bortles. That is a great deal. According to DraftKings, the Saints ranked 32nd against the position. And I think pretty much any metric you use, Saints are ranked at the end against opposing quarterbacks. Lord knows I've made this man favorite. I feel like I mention him every week. Brandon Browner, the cornerback for the Saints, is the worst in the NFL according to PFF. Uh, last three weeks, Bortles is the third highest scoring quarterback. This game has shootout written all over it. Uh, surprisingly great floor. Bortles, lowest game, 9.9, and that was versus Carolina in week one. So if you toss that out, and really, that is nearly double digit. He's had double digits every single game, so great floor, and we've seen his ceiling. It's phenomenal. I'm, I just want to let you know, I'm in a shootout with the all-day IPAs, and I am, I'm throwing up a lot of points. Valverde! Ooh, I like it. No mercy, brother. No mercy. You give that can what for, sir. Running back. Last week, thank you, thank you. I picked David Johnson. Of course, a lot of people were on the David Johnson train, but he did owners well. This week, I'm rolling D'Angelo Williams. 6,500 on DraftKings. Pittsburgh has the highest implied point total of the week, nearly 29 points. Now, keep in mind, the New Orleans game has not been called by Vegas, but without that, Pittsburgh is expected to score the highest amount of points this week. D'Angelo Williams, I'm loving it. Also, when you're looking for a running back, as is a defense, you want somebody who's heavily favored. Pittsburgh is favored by 10. Thus, game script should favor the run. If It's simple, guys. If you are favored by a bunch of points, you're going to run. If you're down by points, you're going to pass. 
It's not rocket science in Pittsburgh's 10-point favorite. Last three weeks, Williams is the fourth best PPR back. Last four games, he was targeted at least six times in three of those tilts. Last four games, he's gone for over 20 fantasy points three times. In the last seven, Williams has failed to put up um, – in the last seven, Williams hasn't failed to put up double-digit points except for one time. Williams is a super safe bet, and going against this team, when Pittsburgh has a 10-point favor, I think they're going to ground and pound and use him a lot. D, who do you like for some – DFS running back picks. I'm going to quickly run through them just because we're running long, and I want, I want you to be able to do your stuff with the rest of the show. Yeah, baby. Cameron Artis-Payne, 1,500, and I'm going over to FanDuel. Uh, still probably nice plays in, in DraftKings. Just want to show both uh, both ends. Amir Abdullah, as we mentioned earlier, he's pretty low, sitting there at 5,300 on FanDuel. Carlos Williams we talked about earlier. There's something – there's a hunch I have on him. Um Punches sometimes turn implode on you, but 5,400 on FanDuel. Uh, so I, I, I'm interested in all those. If you're constructing a team, I agree with you. There's two things I, I believe in this week. It's I'm willing to put the, some money at the quarterback position on some of the top guys, something I'm not usually as willing to do, and the tight ends. And I want to construct uh, a couple of nice wide receivers, but I'm willing to even throw three of these kind of mediocre. Um, running backs in the mix uh, for my lineup in DFS. One of the reasons why is because I was super high across the board in those leagues with Adrian Peterson and had him in a, in a playoff game. And he was looking all right, but then obviously that second quarter injury. Yeah, that hurt. That hurt. I, man, injuries, rash of injuries in the fantasy playoffs, which has really just been a bugger. I mean, even in the ODB thing, he is an OD bag, but it's just you you want you don't want that to have a determining factor in your fantasy playoffs. So it's just been a bit of a bummer. ODB was coming though. The way that he proved right for people that picked him up or dynasty people that drafted him last year and was just such a dominator down the stretch. Like literally won what would you say? Eighty percent of the people that had him the league. So it was bound to come back and implode on those people who are usually the people that took him in the first round or had him as their keeper. Um, there was something that had to go back and say, hmm, you had it great. You sold your soul to the devil, but that was last year. Let me tell you, I did not take him first round in my high school league where I'm playing in the playoffs, and now I'm without ODB. But just to prove the point that it's not all about the draft, remember it's a four-legged table. It's You're talking draft. You're talking trades, you're talking waiver wire, and lineup setting. Not that it's all in the draft, because my first draft pick, I believe, was C.J. Anderson. Had a bum year, obviously, and yet I am still... Ben Roethlisberger was my quarterback. I had to stream for a large portion of the season. But that's why it's not over in your draft. You're not going to win it or lose it there. It's the season-long grudge match. That's where you get it. The league I was talking about where I had five of the top six guys out for the season on IR, um, in that league I took uh, Le'Veon Bell with the first pick. Uh, it's eighth pick overall. He obviously missed those first was it two games. 
Uh, I think it was two games it got moved down to. Uh, yeah, and, th- and then my second pick, second round pick, uh, was Des Bryant. I ended up going 12 and four. No, no, 12 and two. Excuse me, 12 and two yeah. in that league. 12 and two in that league uh, with those two picks. And how do you do that? Because you get an Eifert in the 16th. You get, um, uh, we got Ingram super late. You, you just, it's the draft is important, but the very, very early part of the draft is not all that important. Um, guys, I like to take a chance on. This year, I was taking a chance on um, guys like Arian, middle to late. He obviously went out yeah. as he would. Uh, a guy that missed the first four games last uh, this year. Uh, Martavis Bryant was on teams of mine. You're able to go ahead of other guys and just say, hey, I'll sit for four weeks. But when this guy comes back, he's tier one talent. Think about all these things. Be that guy that just is willing to take a chance. Again, I mentioned on the show earlier, Gostinkowski. I was going, not early, but, you know, I was, I was taking him before before anybody's taking a, a kicker. And it just, sometimes you got to do that because now I know that other than one bye week, which I can stream, I don't have to worry about that position. I'm willing to grab that instead of waiting to the last two rounds. Well, you mentioned Martavis Bryant, and he is one of my three wide receiver draft kings, or DFS, I should say, DFS plays, uh, although I get prices for draft kings. Now, last week, I think I only put up two. I hit on Macklin, missed on Calvin, although I think I had a great week last week. Uh, with Mar. Evis, 5,600 on DraftKings. He's the 17th best fantasy quarterback in the last three weeks. Only one game below double digits, and that was back in week eight. Six touchdowns in nine games in the last three. Only five wide receivers have been targeted more, and in that same span, only five wide receivers have more catches. Now, he's 5,600, so you're hoping for three times the value. Here's where I think he gets it. He's touchdown due. There is bound to be some regression. Last six games, he's got nine red zone targets. He's converted one. Uh, On average, there's an actual percentage. I want to say it's, don't quote me on this, but I want to say it's like 20-something percent that wide receivers convert on their red zone um, approaches. And if he is one for nine, he's due. Regression will happen. Pittsburgh has the highest implied team point total. As I said, plenty to go around. I love how they're using them once they get inside the 20. And for 5,600, he's a great price. Another guy I'm looking at is uh, Mike Evans real quick. 7,300, so you're paying up. But without Vincent Jackson, in game where Vincent Jackson didn't play, and I'm not even counting last week, which the numbers would go up, but in whole game where Vincent Jackson was announced that he's not going to play, Evans has 14.5 targets is his average in Jacksonless game. 14.5. And he averages just over 121 receiving yards in those games. Jackson is out. Evans is a great play. My last one, I put this in the daily dues for uh, the pyro piece. How can you go wrong with this guy? Allen Robinson, 7,500. For one, he's a great stack with my Bortles. Again, if you're not sure, stacking just simply means starting generally a quarterback normally with a wide receiver so that it's going to be a double playoff, double payoff. Um, Allen Robinson is 7,500, and I think he's a good one. 
So, D, what I, do you? A lot of my guys here, I've, we've already talked about. So, in all honesty, we can we can move on with. Uh, and I think this is something just to take in this p in this the way the format of the light is, which is great. Is the three pieces when you're talking about your flex appeal, you're talking about your tits, and you're talking about your streaming. It can all kind of fuel into this DFS uh, yeah. super importantly, which is great. So when we're talking, what... anybody we're talking about in the show, or when you've got someone else and you're interviewing, or when you're doing the show on by yourself, basically any name mentioned within after the Huey Lewis news and, the, and notes is someone you should keep in mind and should pique your interest for DFS. Yeah, absolutely. And last thing I'll say with Allen Robinson, Brandon Browner, I make him famous here. That's who's guarding Brand, uh, Robinson, the worst cornerback, according to Pro Football Focus. They grade 116. Browner's ranked 116. He's given up 713 yards to wide receivers. The dude has allowed 245 yards after the catch. He's atrocious. That's who Allen Robinson goes up against. And a thousand penalty yards, which if there was a if there was a way to score points off the Brandon Browner grabs interferences, uh, then you would have even more goo from your wide receiver against that. Well, and like I said, the record for most passing yards allowed, or I'm sorry, most passing touchdowns, Denver 40. They already have St. Louis, I'm sorry, uh, New Orleans already has 39. We're talking a guy in Allen Robinson who is the number one target on that offense. You know he's going to get some TDs because they're allowing it and he does it the best. What year was that that defense that did – uh, that Denver defense that allowed 40. I want to say I got it in my notes. I could scroll back to it, but I want to say off my shot memory is 1960. 1963. 1963. They allowed 40. You like I this? I'm, I'm getting. I'm getting. You're getting a tweet out of me uh, mid-show. So well done. Thank you. Ooh, that's a great. Multi- that's a great stat. Yeah. Thank you. Multi-genre. Multi. Tasking D-Rex never tires. All right, moving to tight end. Last week, I picked Delaney Walker, uh, who went on to score two touchdowns, giving you 20 fantasy points in DraftKings. Thank you very much. Jewel, uh, Julius Thomas, he's my boy this week. Now, I know what you're saying. Mo, you said Bortles and Allen Robinson. There is only a .07 negative correlation, 0.07% negative correlation when you start uh, a, a running back and a wide receiver or a wide receiver and a tight end. And that factors in all 32 teams. It does not factor in if you're picking a team that has a high implied team point total or you're picking a team that's in a great over-under, you're picking in a team that's a big shootout, there's points of plenty. And if you look at a lot of the – now, I wouldn't suggest this in cash. I would say GPP. Uh, you're looking for a little bit unique roster construction. And if you look at all the million-dollar maker winners, the vast majority of them have this unique roster construction where they are stacking a wide receiver and a tight end or a running back and a wide receiver. There's so many points that I think are going to be available in this game. If you've got Bortles, why not try to maximize the tight end and the wide receiver? And if you think about it, every time – 
my wide receiver is making a first down, that just means there's more opportunities for the tight end, vice versa. Every time the tight end converts, more opportunities for the wide receiver. I'm not saying this is a good idea in cash, nor am I saying it's a good idea all the time. But selectively, in GPP, this can win you the big ones. And I really like the three stack, Bortles, Robinson, and Julius Thomas. I think it's a unique roster construction. You're trying to differentiate yourself, and this is a great one. 5,100 on DraftKings. The dude, Julius Thomas, scored four touchdowns in the last five games. Saints have allowed a league high, as I said, 39 passing touchdowns. Last five weeks, only two teams have given up more points to the position than the Saints. Julius Thomas. My defense, baby. I mentioned KC in my stream. Certainly a good play here. Uh, you're, you're spending up for him. Second most expensive defense at 4,200. But uh, last week, two sacks, two interceptions, two defensive touchdowns. Cleveland, who they play this week, not expected to even pull up 17 points. Kansas City, 11-point home favorites. Second most interceptions in the league. Third most sacks. I'm recycling Kansas City, plugging them back in. Now, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I give you the What You Talking About Willis. What you talking about, Willis? Now, the What You Talking About Willis price is basically the minimum. So whether it's for quarterbacks on DraftKings, 5000 running backs, wide receivers on DraftKings, 3000 but the minimum price for tight ends is 2500 Even heck, throwing defense, $2,000. So we're talking about a minimum play. Minimum play so you can spend up at other positions. Last week, I gave you Bolden. Now remember, these are some dart throws here. But you're only shooting for 3x value. Bolden, although didn't have a great week, he gave you 2.5 value. What does that mean? Basically, you want to just score three times. So if a guy's worth three thousand or costs three thousand dollars, hopefully he returns nine fantasy points. That's what you're shooting for. That's three x value. So again, um, with this week's call, I'm going with Dwayne. Harris, 3,000 on DraftKings, currently listed as questionable, so keep your eye on it. But with the OD bag suspension, Harris is likely in line to see the most snaps he's seen this season. Uh, excellent opportunity for Harris against the Vikings. Now for non-number one wide receivers, certainly that qualifies Harris. Non-number one wide receivers that have put up double-digit points against Minnesota, Golden Tate, Malcolm Floyd, Albert Wilson, Tavon Austin, Andre Holmes, James Jones, Roddy White, Nick Williams, Tyler Lockett, Michael Floyd, John Brown. That's 11, I believe. 11 non-number one wide receivers have put up double-digit points. And at a $3,000 play, you hit double-digit points, you've exceeded your 3x value. That's what you're shooting for. All in all, Vikings have allowed 21 different receivers to put up double-digit points. As I said, 11 of those have been non-number ones. As mentioned earlier, there's only two other quarterbacks that have more red zone targets than Eli. Again, he's got 86. The leaders have 89. So he's right there. 
So this Willis play, you're only shooting for nine points. I think he can sneakily give you ten. Here's the thing, though. If Harris is $3,000, Reuben Randall, he's only 3500 So Reuben Randall might really be the play. He's 500 more, and I think he's going to be in line for you know, 4X value, perhaps, with the OD bag vacuum that has been created. Well, you want to want to know what's great is I like Hakeem Nick. <laughs> oh, all over. That's the vacuum play. I got Nick there. Play. So we got three guys. Who knows what's gonna happen? But like you said, what you talking about, Willis? I, I there's something that says with uh, ODB out. Nick's has actually been playing very terrible. I've been watching those games and. He just hasn't looked good, but he was out of the league for a while. Came, just came back in a little rusty, but there's there's something that says to me that maybe Hakeem Nix has a chance to uh, do good there. In that same game, I like Jarius Wright. Uh, the Giants are 28th against wide receivers, so when you're going in DraftKings and grabbing a guy for uh, 3000 bucks, Jarius Wright can do it. Uh, Diggs came out of nowhere, out of his shell last week. I kind of like him too, but he's actually quite expensive in both FanDuel and DraftKings. Um, Jerry's right. Who knows? One of those guys that literally like a Dwayne Harris, like a Knicks, and like the next guy I'm going to mention, a Mark Mariani. I hate him every time I'm at the Bears game and he's fielding a punt. This guy is the most least confident punt returner to catch the ball you'll ever see in your life. But with what I think will be an Alshon Jeffrey out. You said earlier, Royal out. Um, Wilson from earlier out. Everyone's out. Who they? They got they got uh, the, the black unicorn out. Their best wide receiver. Their best receiver is Zach Miller right now. I think Mariani's been getting a lot of help and a lot of play and a lot of opportunities. Um, he's the he's the fall down the check down opportunity for Jay Cutler. Who knows? At that 3,000, I could see him having a nice game. Um, I like those three guys. He's a, he's a 2x value for sure. If you look at his, I think, I, I do write-ups for Chicago uh, for our uh, Pyro Pro members. You not only get all the rankings Dogmatica does, but then all the Pyro Pro brethren write up each position. So for Mark Mariani, he's his floor is pretty much three catches, 30-some yards. So right there on DraftKings, that's six points. That's 2x value. Now, without Alshon, same thing with the in Alshon's not for sure yet, but he's he's not he, he's it, from what I'm reading locally, he ain't playing. And that's the same thing as the ODB vacuum, right? Except it's the Alshon vacuum. The targets are plenty when he is in there. Go to him. Who are they going to go to when he's out? And Mark Mariani can certainly suck it up if his floor is already at two times value. Boy. Three more targets, boom, you're there. So that's not a bad call. Same thinking as Hakeem Nix or uh, Ruben Randall or Harris. Uh, the thing with Ruben Randall, though, is he's only $500 more than a Nix or a Harris, and I think he's probably the safest bet to have the biggest day. But he, we've talked about him on the heavy. Oh, God. We know, I know. so much. If, I know. If he's got the number one guy, even though we know that – this is not a terrible team. The the the, the uh, not at all. The Minnesota Vikings are good defense. They can lock in on him. That's why I like a tie a bit out of all of them and a Knicks and your Harris call. 
But when he's the focus, when he's the number one wide receiver, it is pretty much abysmal. He can't do it. He doesn't have the speed. He doesn't have the running. He he just cannot make the separation. He's not a great catcher. He needs ODB. I mean, the reason why we loved him for the last two years is because he had Victor Cruz that everyone focused on. Then he had Victor Cruz, and well, he never really had Victor Cruz uh, ODB. But he needs that other guy. He needs to be forgotten to show up. And and that touchdown he had last week was a meltdown defensively. The the other thing I will say for Ruben Randall, he's got the best matchup. According to PFF, he is likely going to be going up against Xavier Rhodes. The other two, Dwayne Harris and Keen Nix, should see Captain Munnerlyn, who's the slot corner, and Terrence Newman. Both Munnerlyn and Newman are top 30 for pro football focus, where Xavier Rhodes is middle of the pack beyond that. He's uh, probably bottom third, somewhere in there. So best matchup-wise, Ruben Randall. And again, that's there's a reason. Wrong. There's a reason. He's, not, he's 500 more, and he's the worst out of the, the, the three. <laughs> <laughs> the, I know. And I've seen him. I've played him. We've seen him. We've talked about him. We should probably stop because he's had too many opportunities and hasn't stepped up. But it's a super cheap play, great opportunity this week. It'll be interesting to see who really steps up in that uh, Giants offense with that, without ODB. The last thing on uh, Reuben Randall. Have you ever had a Reuben sandwich without the corned beef? Oh, yeah. Well, the California, you get the turkey. Okay, that's a Reuben Randall. He's the Reuben without the corned beef. So, basically, you're just getting Thousand Island and sour, oh, sour just without sour, meat. on bread. Yeah, you don't get the you don't get the meat. I don't care what your 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 California turkey whatever. I get you. Just Ruben, a vegetarian Randall. Meatless, meatless. I got you. He is indeed meatless. Takes one to no one. Speaking of meat, before we close this out, one thing for all you lady listeners out there: the tip of the week is always. The tip of my penis, the bell bottom. I'm not. I, I wasn't. A, I wasn't gonna let the show go by without a mention of my dude. Sorry, Christmas or not, it's happening. <laughs> I love you, ladies. End of the year, someday. I I I knew something like when we have meat, the word tip. It was just a pitching up a softball for you, and you delivered. Lobsters. As usual, Babe Ruth in the sexual innuendo drops. I gotta love it. D Rex, my friend, good luck in your championships coming up. And as always, my man, it's a pleasure chatting fantasy with you, brother. You too, buddy. I love you a lot. I'm really uh, proud of what you achieved for Pyromaniac this year. You're uh, you're a great father, a great husband, uh, a great partner at Pyro. Um, you're a great teacher, and I love what you said with uh, with with about your father and that your homework assignment is to go tell your family that you love them. I yep. I will remember that statement till the day I die. So that is awesome. Um, you're just an awesome guy, and I just want to let the listeners know out there that uh, Pyro Podcast Light is 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 Mo's concept and Mo's idea. And during the off season, you're going to be doing a lot of interviews with. Uh, hopefully some players, but a lot of industry experts and, and our contemporaries. 
and you worked very hard to reach out to those people. And uh, I just I just can't believe what a badass you are that you, you've got your full time job that knocks you 60 hours uh, a week and you're a great teacher and you're there for your kids and you're still able to do this show on a weekly basis. You're still able to knock out those, um, you know, our, our player write ups. You're still able to go in and do news feeds, answer second opinions. What you do on Facebook or and in, in, in mo- mostly more more or less Twitter, it's it's pretty remarkable. You are um, people always ask me, do you ever sleep, D Rex? I really don't. I really don't. Um, but at the end of the day, the difference between me and a lot of people is you have a family and a wife. I don't have that, and the fact that you have that is almost shocking to me that you're able to pull up as much as you do while being a good husband to a wife and a good father to children that element that i'm able to take out opens a lot of flexibility for me um and hats off to you and i'm really proud of you and what you've done for pyro is um is 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 unfathomable big year for us it's been a big couple years since you joined the crew and i love you dude i I appreciate everything so much and uh we're gonna hit once this stuff hits we're going to high five, we're going to chest bump, we're going to Valverde, and we're going to jump on a plane and we're going to we're going to we're going to go to the beach. I like it. Boat drinks. Boat drinks. All about all about the boat drinks. You're a good man. All righty. I really appreciate it and uh, it's been my pleasure uh delivering the fantasy goo and being a part of the Pyromaniac hashtag brand. And, folks, we've got one week left, week 17. I know if you're doing it right, you're not playing in the playoffs. However, a lot of you guys are doing the DFS. I know I am. So I'm going to be back next week. Very DFS-heavy show. We'll, we'll certainly give you the news and notes for those of you that do extend into week 17 for your redraft league. But it'll be a DFS show for you. And as D mentioned in the offseason, certainly the Pyro Boys, the heavy crew, will be doing it once a week, 52 weeks a year. And I'll be doing the fantasy football talks on the Pyro Light, be highlighting and showcasing some of the pieces we've got and uh, continually staying engaged with you because we are in this for life. We are pyromanic. We love it. We This is Christmas, and we're delivering it for you, and it has been a pleasure, folks. And until next time, we will catch you on the flip side.
show money where your 